Live from Bill Laurie Oval in Westcott, this is the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Thanks, Leetees.com.au. A very overcast day with a threat of rain here. I'm Peter Holden. Great to have your company as we present the bottom two sides going at it in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition, the Darabin Falcons and Weemstown. Yes, you heard that right. I mentioned the phrase bottom two teams and Darabin in it. It's been a very, very long time since Darabin's been down this end of the ladder, and they're looking to get away from it with their first win of the season. But a side that's trying to stop them and win their first game is the Williamstown Seagulls. That means we will be in for a very tight tussle. Let's introduce the commentary team for this afternoon. Let's start down the far end. Homesland Sports Media Degree student. She's been with us all season. It's great to have her back in the commentary position again on the match analyst role, Elise Collette. Thanks for having me, Pete. Who, who would have thought we'd be talking about Darwin in a bottom of the table clash. Absolutely. It, it, it's been unheard of and I think you'd have to go back something like 15 or 16 years because Darabin had a run I think it was from 2005 if I'm correct through to uh, 2017 where they played in 12-13 grand finals in a row. It'd been some type of a stretch. One person who would know many of those grand finals a legend of Victorian women's football went across and then made herself a legend over in WA women's football including a number of premierships at Swan Districts in the coaching chair. She was of course uh, until recently the uh, women's football manager at the Carlton Football Club and it's great to have her in commentary for the first time, the one and only Nicole Graves. Gravesy, how are you? I'm good, thanks Pete. Good afternoon to everyone. And welcome back to the cold old weather of Melbourne. Yeah, that, that has been the one thing that certainly uh, tested me over the past 12 months being back in Melbourne is the, is the winters. And ironically, uh, you know, the footy over here is now winter and summer, so there's there's no rest for it. Absolutely. When we go all the way, I mean, when we say all the way through from uh, uh, from February through to September, we've also got to throw in the pre-season where, to be honest, some clubs are even playing practice matches throughout December and January. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, not only you're really setting up both programs at the same time. I know at Carlton there was two weeks between the start of pre-season for AFLW and the start of VFLW for Carlton. So you're looking at 70 players that you're you're looking after. You're looking at all these coaches and and finding grounds and getting them training. So, yeah, so it's a a massive duplication for one that's really in a 16-week program and then one that actually plays for 16 weeks. Let's talk about this game before we quickly do some around-the-ground scores. Uh, Darabin and Weemstown. Uh, Gracie, I don't think you've ever been in a position, or at least for a long time, where you've had to coach a side when it's been down at this low on the ladder. What do you think the coaches are saying today? This is the chance for one of them, excluding a draw, obviously, to finally get their first four premiership points in the bank. Yeah, it's really tough for these two sides. I mean, they're the only two sides that aren't affiliated with with a, an AFL t- side and Williamstown's with a VFL side. So Darwin's the only standalone um, VFLW team in the competition. So, yeah, so things were going to change with so many of their players. They've been so successful, so many of their players on AFLW lists. Uh, and they've got a few of those that will come back in. Uh, unfortunately, today they've only got Lauren Pierce, um, or Bridie, uh, Lauren Pierce playing, who's currently on list, and Bridie O'Donnell and Rennie Hicks, who are both um, delisted from Carlton last year, but both, you know, the last 
couple of games they played really some really good footy. So yeah, so it is a tough gig when you up, you know I look at the Willie t- side with Alicia Newman and Mo Hope playing and Nikki Wallace played uh, for for Brisbane Lions in year mm. one. Mm. So there is a you know they don't have a lot of their AFLW listed players these two sides. So it's a very different game for them. And also as well, and I'll bring in Alicia on that they're, they're missing the experience of Lauren Arnell who signed with Darabin to play for the remainder of the year. She's not playing today. She played last week in that loss against Collingwood. I think racked up the most disposals for the Darabin Falcons in that game. So not only missing someone with possessions, but missing crucial leadership on the ground. Yeah, Lauren Arnell is extremely experienced player. Obviously, a couple of years at Carlton and led Carlton in their, their inaugural year, and then up to Brisbane and was really vital for Brisbane in terms of her maturity and her, her leadership. And and they will have, you know, Loz comes back. I think a lot of those girls are up in Mackay playing um, the Winter Series in Queensland. So it'd be a you know, complete different stark contrast to you and I, Pete, standing here with our beanies on. Yes, yeah, a very warm weather, and that and, and and which makes it sound strange that Ali Anderson, uh, who's playing with Essendon VFLW this year jumped on a plane but not on the same plane as her teammates to go to the Northern Territory to play their game in Darwin today but jumped on a plane to go to Mackay to play in the game between the Lions and the Suns. Yeah, they're everywhere, these players, aren't they? Sort of, you know, looking around the teams, you see a lot of interstaters coming down to play in the VFLW competition. So it just gives them a really good uh, opportunity, you know, in the off-season to be able to match it with big, the bigger bodies, um, certainly in this VFL competition in comparison to what I see, obviously, in the Waffle uh, and in the QAFLW. So, yeah, so it's really important. And we'll also see, you know, Karen Paxman and Lisa O'Day um, will have committed to Darabin this year. So we'll see them later on in the year, and that will certainly help and bolster that group and help these young players, um, you know, uh, learn more about the game as they're vying for their own AFLW um, positions. Yeah, absolutely, to have uh, that crucial leadership and talent back in the side. Um, and and uh, is it difficult? Is, is this, I wouldn't say this game in particular, but this season, is it possibly the future of Darabin in the competition on the line? As much as they can say, we have a licence going forward, we know that when a bunch of sides got dumped out after 2018. They were told they're going to be in for three years. They're only in for two years. We know that the witches' hats get moved frequently. If the Darabin Falcons don't win a game, if they stay at the bottom of the ladder, will there be pressure from above? Will there be the conversation of maybe it's time to go back to community football and just concentrate there, a la Diamond Creek, Eastern Devils, St Kilda Sharks, Cranbourne, etc.? Yeah, there'll have to be a time, a point in, you know, in the timeline where they have to, you know, draw a line in the sand, uh, to say, you know, is it something? Cause it's a real financial commitment. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you know, obviously I know lots about the Carlton VFL yeah. side and what it costs to put these teams on the park. And so to have a, you know, to have Darabin who are obviously, you know, driven as a women's sports club and having to, you know, generate revenue to get these players and certainly to get the AFLW players in. It's something that they have to decide where they want their future to be. And, and as I said, you know, I'm former Darabin mm. person and, and ex-Darabin president, so I certainly understand, you know, the, you know, the commitment and the passion they have to play at the highest level. In a way, Williamstown have faced the same scenario. They do have uh, the advantage of, not do they have their VFL men's side, they've got pokies, they've got a lot of history and a lot of money to back them up so that they can ride the bumps. Uh, for the Darren Falcons, uh, and, and we were talking about this off air about uh, people that are coming into the women's footy system, whether it be uh, assistant coaches, trainers, etc., all the staff behind the scenes, 
some are women's footy passionate, some are not necessarily women's footy passionate. They're seeing it as in, okay, this is my foot in the door. If they do it, for example, at your former club, Carlton, okay, if I help with the Carlton women, I might then get across to the Northern Blues, and then I might go up to the AFLW. It's a career progression, and there's nothing wrong about trying to aspire to go to um, wherever you seem as a higher level that you want in your career. Is that a, a troubling situation not necessarily for Williamstown, even though it can affect them, but for Darabin that to try and get the people behind the scenes to help the team as well as the quality players, knowing that in a way there's no direct line up the career path. Yeah, it is interesting. And, and listen, you know, with the connection Darabin has yeah, with yeah. through their players, I mean, you really you're doing well at Darabin as a coach, as as any of the roles that they have. Um, you still have a direct line to AFL clubs. I mean, you know, Julia Kachera is, is the player welfare manager at Carlton. She's yeah. also the midfield coach here at Darabin, and you know, Sarah Hammond, at, you know, is a line coach here at Darabin as well, and has a massive uh, history in the game. So there's a lot of players and commitment, and and there's nothing better than you know seeing the Darabin faithful, the volunteers. Mm. on the sausage sizzles and things like that. Other clubs don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, we weren't yeah. turning sausages at Carlton. It was mm. all sort of looked after. So these guys need a massive amount of people around them. But they do have that because they have been around, you know, the v, uh, the VWFL as it was and then the VFLW in its early things through its inception. So they're a committed bunch of, of predominantly women but certainly men as well that are just so committed to ensuring these women and girls get opportunities right from their, you know, their junior teams now. Um, right through their 18s and, and their Div 1. You know, they're really successful, uh, have been really successful. They're really a really successful club, and it'll just balance out to see where VFLW goes with them. I was going to say, and on, on the flip side, that's possibly the one advantage that Darabin have all over the other clubs. They've got the automatic pipeline from Auskick all the way through. Exactly right. And, that, yeah, as I said, you know, I come down to the Darabin games regularly, so yeah. once Darabin, always Darabin. So, and you see so many of the players down, um, you know, ex-Darabin players down here with, you know, with Mel and uh, with Mel Hickey and, and Daisy Pierce and Karen Paxman and Darcy Vessio. You know, I know Darcy's at most of these games. So they're really committed. So they get around them. They're running running their academies and things like that. You know, Loz Arnell's, um, you know, obviously a Darabin person too, Katie Brennan. So they've got, they've got, I guess, I suppose that Falcon's wings are wide. I'll use that terminology. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they're in every avenue of the game with KB, fitness, performance and, and what she's doing there with young players. As I said, Loz Arnell with her work with AFL, um, AFL Vic and coaching. Uh, and as I said, Julia Cachera, you know, at Carlton. So plenty of them are around to give really good advice, mentoring and, and leadership to the players and staff that are coming through this club. Let's take a look at some results that have been played so far in Round 7. We had a couple of early games. The game you just heard here on WARFradio.com, courtesy of the GoFooty.live stream. Uh, Elise, of course, uh, you're a Demon supporter. No match today for the Cats. 4-3-27 going down to Geelong, 8-8-56. Yeah, that was a bit of a blowout in the end. The margin was only about 18 points at half time. so good win, Geelong. Uh, Ruby Benham kicking two goals for the Cats. Danielle Orr kicking three goals for the Cats as well in that star performance. Um, we know, of course, uh, Nicole, you saw Collingwood last week do a number on Darabin. Well, if it makes Darabin feel any better, Collingwood just did a number on the Western Bulldogs. 
13.583 to 139. <laughs> yeah, they're they're in good form, the, the Pies, the Pies girls. And, you know, in saying that, as I said, I'm not taking anything away from Collingwood or anyone else that's got their AFLW players available, but I think, Pete, if I might be right, there might have been nine or ten AFLW players playing yes, for Collingwood yes, last yes, week. So, yes. <laughs> And as I said, that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what this competition is for. It's about giving lots of experience to our AFLW girls that are still on the pathway themselves. Um, so, yeah, so that's, you know, really important. But it does make a massive difference in the experience. And Collingwood certainly need to, obviously we know, you know, their story at AFLW level, so they need to continue to work um, those players into a really good game plan. And, and so it's important that those AFLW players are playing together in the winter. And it does surprise me, um, particularly how, obviously, being minor premiers last year before going out in straight sets and now flying back to the top of the table. When we talk about coaches, obviously, uh, your name's one of those names to get thrown up there. Beck Goddard's name gets thrown up there a lot. No one's actually thrown the name Penny Killer-Reed up there at this stage. Yeah, it's interesting. She had really good um, success, obviously, as we yeah. know, with, with last year. And she's been in the game a really tong- yeah. long time. Penn and I have known each other for a long time. I coached her in Ireland at the International Rules. So, you know, she's got massive experience in the game. So she understands the game. She knows the game. It'll be interesting to see how she evolves, whether she evolves through the pathway at Collingwood. So obviously how she has a bit to do with her AFLW side after the winter. And whether a new coach and a new, you know, um, breath of fresh air around the around the footy club that whether she gets other opportunities or she has to seek opportunities elsewhere but listen she'll she'll be in that she's in the coach academy type programs and stuff so she'll just keep plugging away just having a look at the goal kickers from that game four to jamie lambert three to stacy livingston two to maddie shevelin and uh, also two to shani layton yeah well shani at least shani was you know and i know shani was disappointed in her first season, and like anything, you know, Pete, we've discussed this, you know, these players, cross-coders, get drafted in October, so they really have 10 weeks to learn the game. Now, you know, you can't learn the game in 10 weeks, so you're going to have some some hiccups unless you've, you know, been playing at club level or whatever it might be, or you played as a kid. I mean, Aaron Phillips is one of those examples, but we shouldn't even use that example ever. So, uh, Shani, I know how hard she was working on her running in particular, so it's really good to see her do that. And she's got a real commitment to the game. Her stuff with the with the different footy shows on Fox and stuff and her support I know of Taylor Harris last last season through all of that um, stuff was just fantastic so I've got a massive amount of respect for Shani so I'm I'm so pleased that she's doing that because Collingwood you know they need success and they deserve some success and uh, since you name dropped Erin uh, Phillips in that I, I still stand by my prediction that in four years time when Essendon, Hawthorne, Sydney and Port Adelaide come into the competition I reckon they're going to bring all four in at once the inaugural coach of Port Adelaide will be Erin Phillips mark my words yeah I think that that could be the case I know Erin's you know going to be you know significantly involved in in some coaching um you know coaching because she's obviously already and, with the high performance and academy the long family history of the Port Adelaide football club absolutely yeah so yeah it'd be interesting to see won't it it'll be another great story and as I said Erin's been so good for our game not only is she a wonderful person a great athlete but just so good for our game when you talk about profile and what we want to achieve and what we want to showcase Erin's the epitome of that and it's a great story and that story is going to hopefully continue right through as you say right through 2023 with all those teams coming back in and uh, coming in and 
and Erin being part of that. As, you know, many of these girls that we're seeing will probably all be coaches by then. I have no doubt that, you know, Cara Donnell and Daisy Pearce and such will all be coaching AFLW teams, at, you know, when they finish their careers. Talking about coaches too, respected coaches went head-to-head today. Five-time Darabin Premiership coach Peter Sill coaching the Southern Saints up against the reigning Premiership coach in Patrick Hill. And Pete Sill got the chocolates. 2-5-17, the Southern Saints defeating Hawthorne 2-2-14. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw that one when I was coming in here and I, uh, it's great for Pete. Again, uh, you've got a massive connection with Pete as well. Darabin, we played 15 yeah. years of footy together, Pete and I. So I'm really pleased for Pete and the Saints. And, um, you know, a couple of the Carlton girls have gone over to the St Kilda uh, team. So I'm so pleased to see them being really successful and, and getting plenty of game time and learning the game as well. So it's good. I thought Hawthorne, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Hawthorne with that experience. And we talk about standard line clubs that don't have AFLW licences, but they've really built something at Hawthorne. So, yeah, I was really impressed. So Pete would be really pleased. And uh, we should mention coming up at 4 o'clock today, uh, that's Australian Eastern Time, will be the NT Thunder and Essendon on the Thunder TV stream, of course. We've got a game here at 2 o'clock. Darren and Williamstown not too far away. And Melbourne University taking on uh, GWS Giants tomorrow in the VFLW Invitational match. Interesting to note that... Uh, that Scott Gowans has rested all AFLW players. It will only be the VFLW-listed players that will be taking on the Giants. That'll that'll be a, a good challenge for their VFL-listed players, and it'll be good to see where they're at in comparison to the Giants' swathes of AFL talent. Absolutely. Uh, we know that the Giants had big wins against Williamstown, big wins against Richmond. Not that it counted for anything, because then Richmond swept everybody else in the VFLW so far. But again, it shows of where the AFLW talent's at compared to where the VFLW talent's at at the moment. But in another comparison, to to be fair, as we say, the AFLW players, even those playing in the VFLW, they're really at game 13-14 in their season, whereas opposed to the VFLW players, who are really only about game 5. Well, that's right. You're talking about quite different training and programs as yeah. well in terms of the eliteness of their bodies and their and their fitness and their strength and power. So, you know, particularly some of these more experienced AFLW girls that have been in the system for the three seasons, you know, their body shape's significantly different than many that you see um, at the VFL level through just sheer being able to have access to that sort of program, to those sorts of facilities. So it's a little bit chalk and cheese. But, um, yeah, listen, I, I think, you know, the Suns are really good for them, you know, to be able to get some footy um, and certainly be playing regular footy against AFLW players and VFLW players in this competition. So I think it's a really good outcome for, for GWS to have some games in this, um, in this you know, scenario of, of the Victorian winter. We'll take this opportunity to take a quick break here on WARFradio.com. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. Coming up at 2 o'clock bounce down between Darabin and Williamstown. Pre-game for leaguetees.com.au. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I'm by 95 points and they should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. We did have a dog that win in the end because we're a pretty young group and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over the top of us, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital and streaming. Dry July starts soon. Go dry this July and raise funds to improve the comfort and well-being of people affected by cancer. Search Dry July and sign up today. 
If you love the caravan lifestyle, you want to keep your camper, pop-top or caravan in top condition. So head to the Bayswater Jayco Service Division. The workshop team are experts in servicing and repairs, including warranty and insurance work. And they can fit your new Bayswater Jayco accessories too. Why not book in for a service today and be ready for the road with Bayswater Jayco. Bayswater Jayco. Canterbury Road, Bayswater and at bayswaterjayco.com.au. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 97 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back. Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. Your club, Craigie Burns Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to play at your special occasion? Craigie Burns' best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burns Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. WorkSafe's advisory service is now open longer. To report an incident or ask advice, call 1-800-136-089, 7.30am till 6.30pm, Monday to Friday. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. The winter issue of Ladies in Racing magazine is out now with Winx on the cover. Inside, an eight-page Winx special packed with stories and photos. Plus, stories on the Wakeful Club's Lady of Racing, jockey Christine Pauls, Jamie Carr, and Harness Racing's fearless Reigns women. Ladies in Racing, for those who love the glamour and stories of females in racing. Six issues, starting with the winter edition, for only $59, including postage in Australia. Call 1-300-783-112 or see ladiesinracingmagazine.com.au. We are the Australian Literacy and Numeracy Foundation, striving to empower our most marginalised communities through literacy and education. Literacy is having a voice. Literacy is opportunity. Literacy is dreaming big. Literacy is freedom. Today, you can help end inequality and give every child access to our life-changing and proven literacy programs. Your support is vital. Donate now at ALNF.org. We go round Victoria for RSN 97's Country Notice Board. It's your statewide heads up on the best racing experiences in all three codes. Andrew Q's whips around Victoria for Country Notice Board. Tuesday mornings at 10 and later on podcast. There's jumpers, hoodies and tees for you at leaguetees.com.au Leaguetees.com.au is your place for retro footy gear with designs created by local artists that you won't find anywhere else. Plus, their unique range of women's footy tees help raise funds for Indigenous literacy programs. Get online and start shopping today. Leaguetees.com.au Or SN Carnival 2. It's women's
www.arfradio.com. This is the VFL Women's Match of the Day, also via the VFL app. We do apologise, we're not on RSN Carnival 2 this afternoon. There is some technical issues in the studio, but tell your friends, WARFradio.com during our usual website, or you just download to your mobile phone the VFL app, and you can listen to us anywhere around the world. Peter Holden, Nicole Graves, and uh, Elise Collette with you. Uh, late apologies from Matthew Cox not joining us uh, today. He is, of course, doing the VFL, uh, sorry, the Victorian Metro versus Victorian Country under-18s girls matches as part of the uh, NAB League Championships, and uh, you can be able to find that game on YouTube. You can listen to us, of course, and then watch that game back on YouTube a little bit later on. Coxie will be in the commentary position alongside myself, and the returning Dan Hill tomorrow for Melbourne Uni and the GWS Giants. Science just about getting lined up to get into position. We are two minutes away from bounce now, trying to get some predictions on how this game might pan out. Elise Collette, who do you see winning today and by how much? Uh, should be a good game. Should be a close game. But I'm uh, judging off recent form, I reckon Williamstown are going to win. Nicole Graves, who do you see winning today and by how much? Oh, listen, I'd have no mates left if I said any, anyone other than Darren. <laughs> so, yeah. Listen, you know, Darren, re- I know how important this game is to them, so I really um, think that they'll work really hard. And, yeah, I think Williamstown's probably got more talent on their list, as I mentioned earlier. But, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game and, and go Falcons. <laughs> and there we are. No bias in the culture. It's a bit like when we have uh, Lisa Roper in here, Coach Kiwi. When she talks about the GWS Giants, she keeps saying we, we. And I go, what do you mean by we? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going today, Winstown by 12 points. I think it'll be a close game. I think Winstown will pull away in the end. They have had some beauties over the last couple of rounds, but they just haven't been able to finish off sides. And like Melbourne Uni, who they pushed a couple of weeks ago down at Downer Oval. So we're just about ready to get underway. Umpire holds the football aloft. We're here at Bill Laurie Oval. Rachel Champong to go up against Lauren Pierce as we're underway. Gets out to a Champong. Hits the ball immediately into heavy traffic. Trying to spin around and pick it up. There's Renee Hicks. Couldn't do so. Everyone jumps on the pill. And the umpire is going to call for a ball up. And uh, Elise Collette, a bit of a glue pot in the centre that we're dealing with today. Uh, yeah, never, never fun trying to contend with um, a muddy centre, but... Yeah, hopefully that's not too much of an issue. Expects out the hand pass to Pierce one step and goes for the kick. She's kicking towards the end furthest from our commentary position, the eastern end of the ground. Now at the half-back flank. Hurry kick away by the Seagulls. Is going to be intercepted. Trying to break the tackle is Lister who kicked it up the line. Only for it to be intercepted. And a mark there for the Seagulls in defence. By the look of it, I think it's Nicky Wallace there who tries to go for the switch towards the half-back flank. Saw the long sleeves. I was almost going to call Cameron because I was used to uh, Jess Cameron last year, now Jess Duffin, which was wearing the long sleeves. Of course, uh, she's playing at Melbourne University this year. To Mo Hope, who goes up towards the half-forward flank position, now trying to find Merritt. Gives it off, kick. Smothered by Pierce. Dribbled forward. Now to a lead here at 25 metres out. Had hands on it and dropped it there for the Seagulls. Going in to try and pick it up again. Patterson lays the tackle, and we're going to call for a ball up, and that's what we'll have 25 metres out from goal. Elise Collette. Um, yeah, good good run of um, handballs and kicks there from Williamstown, and they'll be certainly hoping to convert at the end of this, but it's not looking likely. I'll have to go to my files as well. Don't you love it when they do a jumper change with a 41 and you don't have it on your sheet as the ball has moved by Darabin, only as far as the half-forward flank. They'll... Hold up well, though, through the agency of Zagetti. Zagetti towards centre-half back. Went over the head there of Eastman. Trying to rush in to lay the tackle is Wolf. 
going in there, creating the pressure. Georgia Hammond, and will call for a ball up right on the edge of the glue pot. Early impressions, Nicole Graves. Yeah, listen, it's been really interesting. Lauren Pierce has, uh, you know, really gave him that first use up in the ruck, so that's really good. Interesting to see Mo Hope sitting in the midfield for Williamstown. Yeah, racked up, I think it was 38 disposals a few weeks ago as well, playing in the midfield. As the Falcons have the ball on the wing, Westgarth Street side of the ground, Pierce receives, goes for the hand pass, just a bit off skew for Lawson Tavern, had to try and pick it off the ground, then got knocked out of her hands. Come around Mead, going forward, just in the hands and popped out of Hibbert, fighting in hard for it, Anderson, going nowhere, umpire is going to call for the football back. And we will call for a ball up at the half-forward flank. Williamstown attacking towards the grandstand end of the ground, or the western end. A champion brings the football to ground. Got smacked around, trying to pick it up there. Williamson couldn't do so. Lawson Tavern comes away for the Falcons on the left boot towards centre wing. Foot race is on here. Pressure created by Anderson close towards the boundary line. It will go over and out, and almost reaching over the fence to grab a bottle of water on the way through. Just into Reed, but that was involuntarily. So we'll wait for the ball to be thrown back in. Centre wing, no score either side. Early stages here in the first quarter. WARFradio.com and via the VFL app. Ball is thrown back into play. Champong versus Pierce. Pierce wins it down. Trying to rove it there as Mo Hope went through her hands. Couldn't hang on to it. Coming through to pick up the football there and kick it quickly as Eastman towards centre half forward. Bouncing well there for Reed. Couldn't quite control it though. Nearly got pushed into the glue pot by the player in Honeybun. Taken away there by Byrne for the Falcons. Kicks it towards the uh, forward line. Towards the dangerous hotspot. 30 metres out from goal. Is that a holding infringement? The umpire said no. Play out. Shoveling out the hand pass quickly to Samara David. Who's shot on goal as away to the left-hand side and will register as a minor score. Darabin one behind. The Seagulls yet to score. Match analyst today, Elise Collette. Yeah, it was a great use of space there from Darabin just to get the handball out wide and unfortunately they weren't able to convert but they'll take some confidence from that. Oh geez, the kick in from play wasn't all that great. I think it was uh, Thompson kicking it back in and intercepted here by the Falcons. They'll go to switch it up towards the top of the goal square. Went through hands. Mo Hope was lurking around. We'll receive it now. Hope on the right boot going up the line, going towards the one-on-one. Spalling work from behind by Wolf. who put the fist in there. Coming in to meet the football as Anderson tries to extract it. Ball still bobbling around on the ground. Head over it there is Whiting. Can't get it out. Fighting in hard. Wolf. the umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. And uh, safe to say early on, uh, Nicole, no clean possession by either side. Yeah, it was always going to probably play out like that early, Pete. These two teams really desperate for a win, um, you know, to, to kick off their campaign. And, and as I said, it's it's gone. There's Samara David um, just getting that minor score earlier. Samara David yeah, Rich- from Western Australia. Yeah, I had a bit of coaching with, with her over there too. So, yeah, really good. They're all setting up behind the footy. So they're really defensive Williamstown kick it now in towards their forward 50. It's a bobbling football coming in to lay the tackle there as Crawford. And the umpire said no prior opportunity. will call for a ball up. Caught with it there, Brooke Patterson. Umpire will take the footy back and throw it up in the air. And away we go again. Winding versus Pierce. Pierce wins the tap beautifully down the throat there of Lawson Tavern, who now kicks it towards the centre half, uh, towards the centre wing, pardon me. Reed intercepts, decides to switch to Demo Hope, who sold the candy. Hope ran to 45 metres out from goal. Put it on the right boot towards the top of the square. Pack of six there. Fell off hands. Had it was Hibbert trying to get a hurried hand pass away. There's the kick by the Falcons. Colvin now moves towards the half back flank, having to pick it up there, McNeese. So. Did the old don't argue, kicked up the line, only for it to be intercepted. And taking a mark back there is Danica Pedersen. So Pedersen, centre wing, Westgard Street side, kicks up the line. 
Trying to jump early for it was Zagetti. Fell down. Ball went out the back. Newman was lurking around. Newman goes to the snap. Rejected by Lauren Pierce. And the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. Match analyst today, Nicole Graves. Yeah, listen, again, I was talking about it earlier. Lauren Pierce is going to be so important in this game. There you can see her in defence in the ruck. She sits behind the footy in forward 50 when it goes inside. So if it comes out quickly, the big body's there. So she's going along beautifully. Ball is thrown back into play. Winding and Pierce through the hands there of Pierce. Ball hit the deck. Trying to get a hurry kick away there. Wilson. Straight into heavy traffic. Clash of bodies, including reading the ground. She bounced straight back up again. An umpire says now it's all wrapped up and I'll ask for the football back. Me, uh, pardon me, not me. That was uh, Tripodi. Ruby Tripodi, the 23rd player for Weemstown, caught with the football. Pierce hits it down to ground. Here comes Mo Hope. Has the football, but can't pull it away from the pack. And will reset play again. Match analyst Elise Collette. Yeah, con- quite a lot of contested possession early. And yeah, both sides are going to really have to work for their score today. One or two slight little raindrops as well here at Bill Laurie Oval in Westgarth. Let's hope it's nothing more than that. Umpire blows the whistle and will reset play. You just joined us. Darabin one behind. Weemstown yet to score. Early stages, first term. Lauren Pierce taps it down. Going across there, McNeese. Gets the hand pass away. On the left boot is Lister. Going up towards the half-forward flank. Couple of bounces over and out. Last disposal rule means it will be a free kick to Williamstown. And Ashley Malnickus, formerly of Diamond Creek, has the footy at the half-back flank. Gets very close to the player on the mark. Then goes sideways for the kick, finds Rachel Achampong. Formerly a ruck at the St Kilda Sharks. Achampong goes to a one-on-two. Not that great. It's in the glue pot, though. Who can get clear possession out of it? The ball moves towards the two centre circles. A slipping and a sliding. In goes Hibbert. Manages to extract the football. Hurry kick, though. Gains about 20 metres going up the line. Nikki Wallace is going to be there first for Williamstown. Did she get a little one in the back? No, said the umpire. It's being held up right in front of the flats. The half flank on the outer side of the ground and now the umpire will have no choice but to stop play and call for a ball up. Safe to say uh, Nicole, coach's instructions today, stay away from the centre of the ground. Uh, there's no doubt, there's an absolute <clears throat> bog in there from the old cricket wickets and listen, Williamstown are moving the ball pretty fluidly, they're actually looking inside a lot more than Darabin, Darabin tend to be sort of kicking back to where it came from where Williamstown are trying to you know, change those lanes, get it through the middle of the ground so you know, it's, uh, it's going well. Lawson Tavern now kicks long inside 50, will come off hands and hit the ground and the pack will quickly form. Hugging in there is Jetta Hurd to try and hang on to the football and will call for a ball up. Lawson Tavern, one of the, I almost say veterans of Darren, she's been around for a good four or five years at least. Yeah, they do have a lot of, uh, we've got all senior players, then you find out they're only 25 years old. Yes, but, um, yeah. yeah, so there has been, as I said, they've got a long commitment, Darren, and, mm. and, and it's really good to see, and that's what they need as well. Absolutely. She's been getting plenty of the feed as well from Lauren Pierce early on. As the ball goes up in the air, Champong wins the tap. And straight into heavy traffic once again. Honeybun laying the tackle. And the umpire says no opportunity there. I think that might have been Strafford who was caught with the football. So we'll reset play again. 45 metres out from goal. Far side of the ground from our broadcast position in the grandstand here. Hurry kick out of the pack. Mo Hope takes it. Umpire sets the 15, and you can play on. Then kicks it, trying to go towards a one-on-one. Flying through the air there, Crawford. 
Being harassed, still going again for a third effort on centre wing out of side. Coming in there is Byrne, and the umpire says, let's blow the whistle and let's restart play. In fact, it was Lawson Tavern, rather. Yeah, really good to see some experience in there with Mo Hope uh, for Williamstown. Also, Rennie Hicks um, for Darabin. Coming away with it, Mo Hope did a little dancing, ran into traffic, got the hand pass away. Honey Bun smacked the ball away. Coming in after her, though, Tripodi. Williamstown going backwards to go forwards. This could be too high, and the umpire says, indeed, you may now put your head back on your neck and take a free kick. Brody plays on quickly on the right boot, wants to go inside 50 with the kick. There's the punch from behind, courtesy of Zagetti to try and get it out of defence momentarily with Blackwood. Getting run down as Zagetti, but she managed to get rid of the ball in time, according to the umpire. And the pack is going to quickly form just on the edge of the two circles, favouring the forward half of Williamstown. The umpire's come in and saying you are hatching the football, and it will be a free kick going the way of the Falcons. And it's going to end up in the hands of Erin McLaughlin. The American on the left stabs at it in the glue pot. Running through. Awkward hand pass. Wilson coming through. Goes out towards the center wing. Oh, absolutely bumped off of a guard. They end up being roadkill there for half a moment. And the umpire says, if I got dealt with unfairly off the football here, and it will be a free kick going the way of the Seagulls in the hands of Shani Dixon. Dixon with the footy as it gets dark here. Bill Laurie Oval. Umpire says downfield free kick. And fairly dealt with Gemma Anderson. Spot that, Elise? Uh, no, I just missed it, unfortunately. I, I saw the aftermath. But, um, yeah, this this could be a vital opportunity here for, um, for the Seagulls. Dixon now going long. Lurking around is Mo Hope. Going in there is Solomon if she can get the football out. Holding onto it is Hibbert for grim life. And the umpire says, holding the football, you made no opportunity. And now there's a bit of confusion about what's going on. Uh, no, he's saying the Williamstown player who did the tackle ran away and you've got to come back and collect it. So there we are. Jasmine yeah. Kawa. But he appeared to signal the wrong way, which is what left me rather <laughs> yeah, confused. it was confusing me as well. I was like, uh, I'm not sure if he's pointing or yeah. telling us where we should be. Jasmine Gawa with the footy. Now, she'll be kicking from about 45 metres out, 45-degree angle. Lead being offered here by Anderson, ignored. Kawa, unusual style, goes with the barrel. And at the top of the square, Victoria Blackwood takes an easy mark. Blackwood is going to switch to the opposite back pocket. And it'll be a mark there for the Falcons. Samara David back there. No, pardon me. That's um, Gabrielle Colvin who's got it. Right in front of the scoreboard. Kicks up the line towards the halfback flank. They've got numbers here. Burn on the right boot. Went off the side of the boot. Trying to collect it. Honeybun immediately caught. Wrapped up on this occasion by Reed, And we'll call for a ball up. Darabin one behind. Williamstown no score. Yeah, it's really good. Darabin are working really well out of, out of defensive 50. You know, they're working together. They're moving, we spoke about just moving into the opposite side. So they're opposite side of the ground where they came in. Really important. Fortunately, Mo Hope's actually having a bit of a field day out there. And I think Mo's experience and how she understands the game where she puts herself makes her life a little bit easier in this environment. Current weather conditions. Nicole has the gloves on. That's how cool it's getting here at Bill Laurie Oval. As the ball goes up, they try to get a clear possession out of there. Anderson with a hurry kick, went nowhere. Waiting for it, Honeybun, if it can squeeze out to her, does. Quickly puts it on the boot. Looks for a running Wilson to try and get on the football. She couldn't do so. Weemstown's zone is actually holding up fairly well. Byrne will try and create the pressure again. Comes in to lay the tackle. Ball spilled out. 
trying to come in and extract the ball, Solomon, and the umpire will blow the whistle and will call for a ball up. I guess the big question mark is what's going to happen to the game plan if this rain gets any heavier? Well, as I said, the, you know, the ground, apart from the middle, the ground is actually, you know, in pretty good condition. It's not holding too much water, which is good. It'll just become start to become slippery. The game is so congested, Pete, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll see too much of a change apart from, you know, probably a few more drop balls. Coming away with it on that occasion was Blackwood to move it up the line. Still heavy, congested football at the moment. I'd say about 90% of the players surrounding the football. And now it's right into the glue pot. Stepping in to pick it up surprisingly cleanly, Georgia Hammond. Gains about 20 metres on the kick, trying to get in there for Williamstown. Was uh, Pedersen who delivered straight back. Straight through the hands there of Merritt who couldn't hang on to the football. Coming in there is Gemma Anderson. Now it stacks on the pill and the umpire is going to call for a ball up. So we'll reset here at the centre-half forward for Williamstown. They're going towards the western end of the ground. As coming away, Hicks off the side of the boot. Intercepted. The Seagulls back inside 50. Maybe coming a bump there, Anderson. Umpire said no. Play on. Zagetti comes in to wrap her up. And we'll call for a ball up. Darabin one behind. Williamstown no score. One and halfway gone in this first quarter. You're on WARFradio.com and the VFL app. From behind the spoiling work. Hand pass come out on that occasion. Finding Hicks. Goes up the line, only to be intercepted. And it seems to be the tail of the tape, Nicole. Darabin, one kick off halfback, intercepted by Wimstown across the centre line. Yeah, just as I said that comment before, seems, um, you know, Amy Cottrell, uh, the uh, Willie Williamstown coach, has obviously identified that. And they've set up this a zone around their, you know, their attacking 50 to keep that ball in. And Darabin, that's what I say, they just need to move the ball opposite because that's where they're setting up on that side, assuming it's going to come back to where it came from. As... We have the ball deep in defensive 50 for Darabin. They had the free kick, and it was with the hands of McLaughlin, whose kick was awkward when she was working it sideways towards the city side of the ground. Williamstown will get it back inside 50, although barely. It's more of a grabber kick along the ground, chasing after it's a getting. The ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. We'll call for a throw in. Seeing it over on that occasion, Erin Mead, match analyst also today, Elise Collette. One thing I have noticed is that on a number of occasions, Williamstown kicking into their 50 um, have kicked to a 2-on-1, which um, is is just not helpful. So they just need to make sure that they um, they take that extra second and not kick to a 2-on-1. Umpire being asked to throw the ball back into play after it was a bit miscued. Do it again. Thrown back in just short of the two rucks. Almost taken straight out of the contest on that occasion. And the umpire blows the whistle and says, I'll take the football back, please, and we'll call for another ball up. Darabin one behind. Weemstown no score. Other winners today, Geelong over Casey. Collingwood big winners over the Western Bulldogs. And the Southern Saints beating the Hawks. Trying to come through traffic there. Colvin immediately caught and put into the ground by Merritt. And the umpire says, holding the football. Merritt gets the free kick. And she's going to have a shot on goal with a wet footy, though. From about uh, 40 metres out, a tightish angle. Nicole, how do you rate her chances from here? Yeah, listen, I think she'll make the distance okay. It's just whether how heavy that ball is at the moment, Pete. And the, and the other thing is, Darren just needs to be really careful there. There's the last two shots Williamstown's had on goal both come from free kicks. So, you know, there's being desperate and then there's also playing really smart. You just can't give away those free kicks inside that, particularly that inside that 30. There and Merritt gets the goal! 
Taylor Merritt with her first and Wintown's first of the first term. The Seagulls move to one straight six. Darabin one behind here on WAFradio.com and the VFL app. Elise Collette. Yeah, good kick there um, from Williamstown. But, um, yeah, as you were saying, Nicole, you just can't afford to give... Um, easy free kicks away, particularly in your 50. So, yeah, that's one thing that Darabin are going to have to watch. And I recall Michael Erickson actually saying at quarter time last week against Collingwood, when Collingwood had four goals on the board, he said, we're really two goals behind. We gave away two goals through two free kicks. Yeah, so it's always a little bit of a theme, something that they need to probably have a, have a work at. And, and Williamstown's forwards are quite small. I mean, they're full forward. You know, Darabin's probably got the height on most of their forwards. So, you know, if they, they, if they can just kill the contest to the ground and move the ball out, they'll be right. Umpire blows the whistles. We're back in the centre of the ground. Players jumping on top of the pill and we'll ask for the football back. Last one with it, Annalise Lister. We'll throw the ball up just forward of the centre. A champong wins the contest. Over the football there was Williamson kicked along the carpet by Fairchild. Now moves out towards the centre wing. Foot race on here. Seagull first of the football. Two on her hammer. She beats them both. Goes for the hand pass back here. Trying to use Kawa. Got it across to Mo Hope. Got a hurry kick away before being crunched. Went inside 50 with the kick. Came off hands. Couldn't be held there by Patterson. Had to go back and get the footy. Immediately wrapped up by Nikki Wallace. And we'll call for the ball back. So we'll throw it up. 52 metres out from Williamstown's goal. Centre half forward. Light rain coming down here at Bill Laurie Oval. The wind's just kicking up a little bit as well. And the umpire blows the whistle and says, uh, I'm going to reset play after that ball up. We'll go again. (laughs) Throws it high in the air. Pierce. Now getting a foot race here. Molly Eastman is going to beat out her opponent here in Williamson. Eastman in front of the football. Eastman still going. Eastman just falls over at the last moment under pressure from Williamson. And will again call for the ball to be thrown back into play. Elise Collette. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I don't have a thought there. Um, come back to me on that one. Will do. Great check. <laughs> <laughs> As we wait for the ball to come back into play. But Pierce and a champong on centre wing here at Bill Laurie Ovals. The siren sounds to indicate quarter time. And it's Williamstown with their noses in front. They're one straight six. Uh, Darabin just the one behind. Let's get some thoughts on that first term. First of all, with Supercoach herself, Nicole Graves. Yeah, as I said, we knew it was going to be fairly contested. Obviously, a, a scoring, uh, a score each, but one's one of the big ones, one's a point. So, and as we spoke about during the during the quarter, Williamstown is now starting to play with. There we go. Thanks, Pete. They're starting <laughs> to play with real width. They're moving the ball across the ground, and that's what's getting them open. And particularly in these conditions, um, uh, you, you need to get width. You know, we don't want to be just putting it back to where all the players are. We need to get width so they get some run and carry and move the ball more quickly. You know, if they're going to have a, a, a tussle and a ground ball tussle and, and make it all about stoppages, then Darabin will, you know, will keep in touch. So Williamstown, you know, keep on that game plan. will keep going beautifully. And in saying that, that's what Darabin then have to do. They need to get some width. And, and, and back themselves and their runners um, to, to run that yeah, to run the ball out of defence. And Elise Collette, some of the players that are standing out for you in that first quarter? Uh, two names in particular come to mind, one from each side. Uh, Lauren Pierce uh, and My Hope. I'll, particularly with um, My Hope, um, she's, she pretty much played that entire quarter in the midfield, um, which is showing um, a bit of versatility, which... Who knows? May see her end up on a um, back on an AFLW list. And Pierce, what what can we say about Pierce that we haven't said already? She's um, she's crucial getting um, in the ruck, getting the 
first use of the ball to her midfielders. We'll take this quick opportunity to take a break here on the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. Darabin one behind, trail Weemstown one straight six. We'll be back after this. Premiership coach Paul Roos talks teamwork, leadership and creating a winning culture. One of the smartest minds in football talks about his life and the lessons he's learned on the next Reclick Sporting Chance Night. If you're in sport or business, come and learn from one of the best. It's on Wednesday, August 14 at the Hoppers Club. Pelham Drive, Hoppers Crossing. Tickets just $25, but bookings are a must. Call 9419-6672 and join Paul Roos. Recklink, including the unincluded. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. Why not grab a Routley's slice to go with your coffee? Make it a classic apple slice, a bee sting, or a vanilla slice. That's absolute custard heaven. You can make a move on a muffin or go all the way and bite into a wicked Nutella donut. Routley's Bakery's right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown, and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. Your club, Craigie Burn Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burn's best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burn Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. Verdict. We're going to have Sydney and Melbourne clashing next spring. And Increasingly so, aren't we? How much can Greg Nichols control this in his new job? We can't. We had that conversation. I don't know. The Batten Committee, I think, needs to sort it out. But again, I think it's all down to the voting. So this is a quandary where the bigger states can overrule the smaller states. The Verdict, 9 till 10 Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927 for OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com. Or SN Carnival 2. Welcome back to the Swiss Wilders VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com and the VFL app. It's the Darabin Falcons and Weemstown Seagulls. Quarter time. Weemstown, one straight six, leading Darabin, just the one behind. Peter Holden, the Goldgraves, and Elise Collette with you here at Bill Laurie Oval in Westgarth. And uh, great to see you all brought an umbrella. <laughs> Jeez, weather's just turned nasty in the last, like, ten minutes. And as I was saying off air, I'm very much regretting not bringing gloves. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't either, but I brought his nice big jacket, and I'm very happy with that decision. Both sides have broken from their huddles and are now moving into the middle of the ground. And, uh, Nicole, as Elise was alluded to earlier with the names of Pierce and Hope, I think it's safe to say, in conditions like this, when it gets tough, this is when the experienced leaders come to the fore. Yeah, and it's really up to the leaders to make sure that they're not sort of being desperate and falling on the footy, but actually holding out and actually giving some giving some structure and shape to what's going on around those stoppages. So that's where the experience of those AFLW girls comes in, where, say, maybe the VFL community-type players are a little bit more desperate, a bit more diving on the footy. So that's what we want to see from our more experienced players out there. 
as we see a few legends go past us. G'day, Vinny, one of the legends of community football, just walking by to watch her sister Mo rip it up in the middle of the ground as the ball is thrown high in the air, and away we go again. Pierce misses out in the football. A champong trying to get into it. Mo Hope overran it on that occasion. Ball in the middle of the glue pot. Hand pass over the top. Goes straight back into the sticky stuff. Almost thrown on that occasion by uh, the player in Strafford. Straight in the glue pot. Down goes Pierce. Down goes the champong. Both slipping in the slide. And hurry kick out of the contents by the Seagulls towards centre half forward. Coming through is Jim Anderson. Couldn't quite pick up the football. Hurried hand pass out. Intercepted by Newman. Newman put it on the boot. Went to the hot spot. 35 metres out from goal. Mark couldn't be held. Went to ground. It is a one-on-one tussle in there. Trying to extract the football out as Kawa does so. But now the Falcons take it away. And they get it towards the half-back flank. On the Westcott Street side of the ground. Foot race is going to be on here. Who can keep their feet in this contest? The player going after it is Morrow. Yes, as David Bowie kind of said, all I got from you was Morrow. And the ball goes over the boundary line and out of bounds. And we'll throw it back into play underneath the light tower. Yeah, listen, that weather, it's sort of certainly turned. We've got that light, beautiful Melbourne drizzle. So we'll see how it keeps going. The ball very slippery now. As going in there and trying to pick it up, on that occasion was Patterson. Got it away. Hurry kick dangerously close to the boundary line. I think that might be a mark. It is Wilson. Wilson with the footy. Tiptoes forward, going up the line. I hope he's there. Got away from her. A chank palm just throws the body in there. Hand pull away, finds Samara David, tries to get over the top, waiting for it is Gardner. Down she goes in the glue pot. Have fun uh, getting those out of the clothes in the wash during the week. Here's the kick towards centre half forward. Got spoiled from behind. Hand pass by Nikki Wallace into dangerous traffic. Kick gets scrambled in towards the centre of the ground. Trying to chase after it as Lister. Couldn't pick it up. A champong. Fight out the hand pass. Burr managed to get it for the Falcons. Trying to get it going. Piece of soap. Rennie Hicks couldn't quite pick it up. Hurry kick by the Falcons towards centre wing. Coming through and taking the mark. It's just sent to Reed. And Reed gives the hand pass off. My hope on the right boot. Goes with an interesting kick up the line. Went over the head of that occasion of Emily Gardner. It bounced over and out. Last disposal rule is Colette needs a free kick to the Falcons. Oh, still not a fan of that rule. Just, I'll, I'll leave that there. As the kick goes towards the halfback flank. A little bit of dancing going on there. I think it's Kennedy back there. In goes Whiting for Weemstown. Now the kick... Close towards the boundary line. Coming out to take it as Lister. Umpire calls the play on. To dispossessed of the football. Scrappy stuff just near the cricket nets. Whiting quickly took it. Put it on the right boot. Kicked it towards the top of the square. Ball got out the back. Here's an opportunity. Anderson couldn't win the foot race on that occasion. Managed to hold it up. See if she can get the cavalry to arrive. Newman's lurking nearby. Can she go in and extract the football? Her teammate did on that occasion. Got it out to Whiting. Shani Whiting flying shot on goals away to the right. And we'll register as a minus score. The Seagulls, 1-1-7, Darabin, one behind. Here's Nicole Graves. Yeah, listen, as I said, nice uh, entry in there by Williamstown. And listen, as I said, Darabin just needs to be brave, make sure they switch the switch the play out and try to get numbers to some of those contests as they're coming out of D50. And they just caught at the moment, just near the back pocket, 35 metres out from goal, where we'll call for a ball up. Getting off the bottom of the pack on that occasion, I think it's Rebecca Dardengo. Yeah, you can just see Williams down there all pointing, setting themselves up outside 50, ready for that ball to come out. So that's where Darabin's sort of falling down. The ball is just coming back, back straight back out over their heads, the defenders. Well, Jacinta Reed with a one-handed mark, got it across to Mo Hope. Mo Hope unloaded at the top of the goal square and it just passed away. Now the umpire's pulled out a free kick here, going the way of Darabin for interference. 
And a resulting free kick to Victoria Blackwood, who's had a little bit of the football. Blackwood runs out of the defensive goal square. Her kick almost down the throat of a Williamstown opponent in Samara, uh, pardon me, not Samara David, in uh, Ruby Tripodi. Given away a free kick in that occasion. The Falcons. A Changpong now is going to intercept for Williamstown again. Ford of centre wing. City side of the ground. Puts the hand up. Says, who wants the football? She says, I'm going to unload. Goes inside 50 with the kick. Off the hands of several Falcons there. Getting the hurry kick away now. Coming through traffic. Wilson into the glue pot in the middle of the ground. Ball still bounces, though, almost towards the half-forward flank. Putting a head over it is Strafford. Did well to hold it up for Williamstown. Umpire says there's a holding infringement against the Darabin Falcons player who hit the ground. And yeah, you can just see when they came, Pete, out the different way, they get that release and get that run on. So, you, you know, it becomes a foot race rather than this battle in the mud. Jacinta Reed strong again at the half-back flank. Takes a mark for Williamstown. Reed. On the left boots. Pierce just read it best. Took it straight on the chest. Pierce wearing the sleeveless over the long sleeves today. Socks up, looks forward. On the right boot, off the side of the boot and out of bounds on the full. Elise Collette. Yeah, not a great kick from Pierce there, but one start I would love to see if it's actually being recorded today is Williamstown's intercepts because that's at least four that I've counted this quarter and however many in the first. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of intercepting today. Kicks the ball in towards centre wing. Getting bumped off of it there. Patterson trying to fight in hard for it. Yamato can't get it out. Williamson comes in for Williamstown and the umpire blows the whistle and says I'll ask for the football back. 117 Weemstown, Darabin one behind. We'll throw the ball high in the air. Pierce. Put it into heavy traffic. Trying to get in there. Solomon can get it out. Looking in Fairchild. And again we'll call for a ball up. Just reset play one more time. So we can break it out this occasion. Ah, Pierce just took it straight out of the ruck and said, let's get going, let's get on with it. She went with a hand pass. Diamato got taken high. No, according to the umpire. Going through there was uh, Wallace who tried to get a hand pass out. Looking for Reed. Reed dispossessed of the football. Jumping in there, Fairchild again. Reed keeps fighting for it. Fairchild has got the pill. Dumped into the ground on that occasion by Emily Crawford. And the umpire asked for the footy back. And again, you can just see Williamstown sitting up behind that stoppage, making sure they've got numbers in the defensive side of the ground. Yes, now got it across. Coming in there, Williamson. Reed again picking up possessions, but pickpocketed on that occasion. Patterson now puts it inside 50. Over there to Samara David, trying to get out the back door is Aaron Mead. Mead is going to get run down! G-O-N-E gone. Yeah, ripper run down there by Samara David. Just never gave up and, and probably a little bit of a poor decision by the Williamstown player in, in thinking, will I go? Will I kick it? She should have kicked it. And Sammy ran her down and now probably about, oh, what would she be, 25 feet out? Yes, probably angle. 30 if anything. Runs around to improves the angle and no problem at all. <laughs> you can hear the crowd clapping for Samara David. She's tied things up here at Bill Laurie Oval. In uh, West Garth, it's 1-1-7 apiece between Darabin and Williamstown. Elise Collette. Yeah, that was, um, with that situation, um, the Williamstown defender, Mead, was it, uh, who was off the top of my head, but um, yes. her teammates should have communicated better to her. It's not like she was the only Williamstown player in the area. 
they should have um, that should have been better communication. Otherwise, that um, would, that might not have happened. Yeah, definitely running behind, yelling out, "Hot might have helped, helped there a little <laughs> yeah, bit, yeah. Pete." And there was only—you're right there. There was only, you know, there was it was a two-on-two there, so there was plenty of you know space for communication. It wasn't too hectic or hazardous, so there wasn't too much pressure. And she's just whether deciding whether she was going to take a bounce or kick, and uh, got neither. And when she looked ahead, there was really nothing on anyway to go to, as the ball is in the middle of the ground. The umpire's blown the whistle and says it's going nowhere after that ball up. So we'll ask for the footy back. All tied up here at Bill Laurie Oval. We got the close one as Pierce knocks it down. Coming through again, Fairchild, who racks up another possession, puts it on the right boot, goes towards centre half forward, now centre half back. Guess who? Jacinta Reed takes another mark and she plays on on the left. Reed. Oh, had to be pinpoint perfect with the kick because it was one Williamstown player and three Falcons and she was bang on at that occasion. Merritt finds Mo, Her- Mo Hope who ran to space. Hope forward of centre wing. Looking further afield, has a lead on at half forward flank. It is rejected at the last moment. Knocked away on that occasion by Victoria Blackwood. Hand pass while under pressure. Newman receives it on this occasion from Mel Nickus. Newman up against the boundary line is shoveled across by Honeybun and will call for a throw in right in front of the flats here at Bill Laurie Oval. Yeah, everyone just setting up nicely there and bringing the ball in. And as I said, it's just been, this second quarter has been much better footy, Pete, even though the weather, once they've worked it out with that heavy footy, they've been good. I'd like to see them shorten those kicks up with the heavy ball because they're dropping short and landing in the oppo's hands. So that's probably apart from that, the, the second quarter has been a really good um, open game. And resulting ruck and Fritchman sees a free kick for Lauren Pierce. Pierce goes up the line, went over the head there of Bridie Kennedy. Close towards the boundary line. Tackle laid on. Getting in there, Melnickus. She's immediately wrapped up and will call for a ball up. As we mentioned, the flats in the background with the Greek flag hanging out there. I think we mused at least a couple of months ago when we were last <laughs> here about where can you get a good Savlaki around here. Yes, I do remember that. I blame Paul Sebastiani for raising that last time as uh, umpire blows the whistle and says uh, it's going nowhere. We'll call for a ball up. Williamson caught with it there for Williamstown. We'll reset ourselves one more time. All just getting into the hands there of Newman, who lost control of it, has to go back, put a head over it, then overran the football while under pressure by Molly Eastman. Coming out with it and getting a curry kick around the corner. Wallace trying to trap it at her feet there. Pierce going after it is Newman. She's trying to appeal that was kicked out of bounds on the full. The umpire's not having any of it. And we will call for ball to be thrown back into play as we speak. I think it's Wallace, I think, just having a chat to the trainer. She gets up uh, with a bit of cramp there. We'll throw it back into play. Scores tied up at 1-1-7 apiece. For the Queenslander, Pete, she might have actually been frozen on that side of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. As going in there, the Falcons with a hurry kick out towards the hotspot, 30 metres out from goal. Samara David goes in again. Mo Hope also goes in. She hits the ground hard. Bodies going everywhere. Trying to bump her way on the football, Thompson. Thompson is holding on to David, who got dispossessed of the football. They were screaming for holding the ball, and now the umpire's pulled out one for in the back. And it's a free kick going the way of Ashley Malnickus. Malnickus, who, of course, we raved about last year in the final round, which she did a great tagging job on Emma Carney out at Melbourne Uni. Through the hands there of Newman, who couldn't hang on to the football. Lister immediately wrapped up. And the umpire is going to call for the football back. We're at the half-forward flank now for the Darabin Falcons. 
just watching here of who's tagging Mo Hope, actually. Be interesting to keep an eye on that. That's I did Fairchild. have, uh, yeah, Fairchild's been running with her this quarter, certainly, Pete. I, I noted that earlier. So, and she's doing, yeah, doing a pretty good job. As I said, what she's got to be careful is Mo will take her out the back. Mm. When she's not paying attention, Fairchild, Mo will be gone. So, yeah, so it's really just keeping that real consistency. Pierce wins it down. Lister, Lee cops some friendly fire. Williamson gets rolled over. Umpire blows the whistle and we'll call for another ball up. Do it all again. Past the seas, throws the ball in the air. Champong versus Pierce. Pierce won it down. Ball dribbles inside 50. At the feet there of Thompson, who couldn't quite pick up the football. Burn tries to go in over the top. Verge on a hurry, little kick away. Being trapped on that occasion by Newman. Didn't go anywhere. She's in a roll here with David. The umpire blows the whistle and we'll call once again for another ball up. Yeah, Newman's been, uh, yeah, she's directing traffic. She's been a bit fumbly at the start of this um, second quarter. Umpire blows the whistle and says, points one way, then points the other way. He's done it again. Free kick going to Lauren Pierce. Now, this is within her range. This is 45 metres out, but she elects to pass towards the top of the goal square. Numbers with the uh, Seagulls here. Oh, it could be a little lazy. Could get out the back, pull at the feet here, and me couldn't quite pick it up. And now the Falcons player is immediately wrapped up. The umpire will ask for the football back. Being caught with it, I think, is Colvin. Yeah, and the ball's in a really dangerous spot. So great, you know, great work by Lauren Pierce. Not only kicks it in there, then runs down and is in that stoppage as the ruckman. Georgia Hammond was the one that was caught earlier. Burn is caught immediately on this play. We'll ball it up right at the top of the goal square for the Darabin Falcons. 1-1-7 apiece in this match. Pierce maybe held without it. Whiting, uh, pardon me, Reed. And Reed is almost dumped rugby style over the line. The umpire said, that one just might be in the back. I know. It was like a scrum to just push it over the line, wasn't it? And again, good decision. That's what you got to do. Um, and they can set up now. So Reed with the footy. Looking for some options. Had a player on momentarily in the opposite back pocket, but was then manned up on. Now on the left boot, very close towards the boundary line. Came off hands in that battle between Lister and Wallace. And the ball will go over the boundary line and out of play. Yeah, really good work by Reed. I've been really impressed by her today. As I said, not a great deal of these Williamstown players I know, but yeah, which also obviously opens up to be able to watch some really good talent. So she's been really working hard. Ball thrown back in, falls short of both rucks. A champion manages to knock it forward to the agency of Newman. Newman on the left boot goes towards centre wing. Game off hands of players there, including Lawson Tavern. Ball on the deck. Lawson Tavern is going to go again and pick it up. She has to try and get rid of two tackles. Gave it away. Lister, oh, that's high. Lister immediately fell for her face. And then quickly went on and put the ball on the boot and went inside 50 with a kick. Went off several sets of hands, got out the back door here. Hammond, Hammond, Hammond. It won't bend back. It'll just clip the back of the goalpost on the way through. That would have been a great goal if that had gone through. It was good. I mean, beautiful pickup. One-handed pickup in this sort of weather is fantastic. And, and yeah, she's going along beautifully as well when we talk about great players. There would, have been a, there would have been a loud roar because I think we've got the Georgia Hammond fan club behind us as well. <laughs> we better be saying the right thing. 1-2-8, <laughs> uh, Darwin. Williamstown one one seven. As uh, Because everyone's sitting in the comfort of the grandstand, Mead has to go get her own footy. And then she will get us going again. We're here in the second quarter. Darabin up by a point at a low-scoring contest. Earlier today, Southern Saints beat Hawthorne by three points. In the other match between Bulldogs and Collingwood, Collingwood won 83-9 to over the Bulldogs. And it was about a five-goal win to Geelong over Casey. 
as the Falcons are going to send the ball back inside 50. They're at the half back now. Here's the long kick towards the top of the goal square. A bit of pushing and a shoving. Went over the hands there of uh, Patterson who couldn't get it. Here's a hurry kick off the ground by Gardner. And they're just arguing if it clipped the post or not. No, they said it's fine. It is a point. It was very close to that point post. 129 Darabin, Williamstown 117. And that's where they just need to be a little bit more poised, Darabin. Maybe release the ball backwards so they can open up the goals for themselves. And there's 12 players between, uh, uh, between uh, Eloise there and the goals. So it's really important she does that. They've marked again here, the Falcons. And... I can just see from a distance, I think it's Honeybun with the football who squares it up. Hammond from behind. Reed at the front position, knocked it to ground. Chain of hand passes using Tripodi on that occasion. That was an awkward challenge there for Strafford who got it. Quickly got it going across to Malnickus. Malnickus had to get rid of Byrne and then got rid of the football. Kicked it in towards the centre-back position. Honeybun comes and lays the tackle. Spun her around and around and around like she was riding on a rodeo ball. And we'll ask for the footy back. So we'll throw it up 45 metres out from goal. Ooh. Just, and uh, 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 Ruck and oh. Fridgeman going the way. Vera McLaughlin. It was interesting. Uh, the oh, Williamstown yeah. Ruckman copped the one in the in the guts, basically, yeah. and the other went, went around. So I'm not sure yeah. what that was for. But and she's yeah. just signaled she wants to be rotated, so she's just feeling of it right now. The kick by McLaughlin goes inside 50 and quickly to a pack situation. We'll call for a ball up. The only bonus on that one, it wasn't Lauren Pierce, the Darabin Ruckman. Otherwise, oh. uh, that girl may not have been getting back up. Uh, call the stretcher, <laughs> call the ambo, as we'll throw the ball up in the air. No one goes up in the ruck contest on that occasion. McLaughlin just takes herself and nearly gets ironed out by Mo Hope on the way through. Mo Hope then picks up the footy, puts it on the right boot, goes towards the half-back flank. Now half-forward flank as the uh, Falcons will send it back inside 50. Just straight through the hands there of Solomon, who couldn't quite hang on to it. Pierce goes for the snap. Georgia Hammond out the back, couldn't quite get onto the football. Immediately wrapped up to sit comes in a later tackle and the umpire says we'll ask for the football back being caught with it is Jasmine Diamato and we'll go again ball is thrown up Pierce couldn't get to it a champon nearly took out her own player Byrne comes through and it's all wrapped up we'll call for a ball up Darabin leading by two points at the moment. Nicole, it just feels like it's it's just the wall from Williamstown. There's nothing going forward. They're just trying to hold on. Yeah, that's exactly right. And if we, what we want to see Darabin is actually not all be in that huddle with them, but set themselves up 10, 15 metres behind the ball so they can release backwards and have a nice shot at goal, Pete, rather than this trying to smash it through 10 bodies. They've got another free kick. Here we go. And this is Lauren Pierce who'll be lining up for goal. She'll be kicking from about 25 metres out. Directly in front. I reckon she's definitely a chance here. Again, just take her time, do a you know, do a kicking um, <clears throat> set kicking and off she goes. And no problem at all. That's why she's an AFLW listed footballer. Slots those through. And it is now eight points of difference, 2 3 15 to 1 1 7. Match analyst Elise Collette. Yeah, good to see Darabin finally getting the reward for all that attacking pressure there. But it's good to see Williamstown is standing up to, to the pressure pretty much so far. And um, yeah, it should be good to see going forward um, in for the rest of the game. And that big momentum will um, uh, Nicole Graves turning well and truly in Darabin's favour. Yeah, as I said, we're you know setting that up. You know, the, being able to use not only Lauren Pierce in the ruck, they're resting her. They're resting her forward now, Pete. So, you know, it's pretty hard. It's a lovely target to have, and she's such a great body and such a you know, really, really just uh, just you know loves the contest. So she'll give give them everything, Darabin down there. 
A Champong does the ruck work on this occasion and immediately caught Eastman with a football. Goes to ground. Umpire blows the whistle. Set no prior opportunity. Interesting. Interesting. And uh, we'll take the football back. Throw it up in the air again. A Champong wins it. And the siren sounds for half time. And it's the Darabin Falcons who have retaken the lead. 2 3 15 to Williamstown 1 1 7. So Elise Collette, perfect timing there for the Lauren Pierce goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was um, particularly the last maybe like five or ten minutes, you could feel the momentum turning Darabin's way. I'd love to see how many like attacking like scoring shots they had because it seemed like quite a few and yeah finally got the reward at, at right at death there. Let's have a look at some better players for that uh, first half with Nicole Graves. Yeah, between the the two uh, teams, you know, it sort of it was pro- almost uh, a game of two quarters. Yeah, certainly Williamstown. <laughs> they're going to tell me what to say by the sound of Some encouragement. Where's yeah. the behavioural awareness officer? <laughs> <laughs> not sure, not sure. So Williamstown really dominant in that first quarter. Maybe it's this end, although there's not much of a breeze. So Williamstown really dominant in that in that first quarter. Really, you know, Gemma Anderson um, up forward presenting really well. We, I spoke about Jacinta Reid, who's been through the midfield and giving them. And, and Champong, that bigger body ruckman against Pierce, has been doing a really good job. You know, you're certainly coming up against, you know, basically one of the best ruckmen in the country. So, so Champon's been good. Uh, we talked about Mo, and probably Mo had less um, impact then. I think Fairchild maybe um, you know is, is starting to have and, a bit and of I thought got one or two it. kicks early in that quarter as well. Yeah, she well, does fall off. So yeah, if Mo yeah. doesn't get the first touch, then yeah. the opportunity is there for for Fairchild to, to do that. As I said, spoke with that. Uh, Talia Merritt with the goal, which was great. For Darabin Falcons, um, you know, we spoke about Fairchild, the job she's doing on Mo. Georgia Hammond, you know, yeah, yeah she's basically been really strong marks the way she picks up the footy um, you know and obviously been really dominant in that last 10 minutes in that forward line as well Samara Day with a beautiful little small forwards goal we spoke about Lauren Pierce with that free kick uh, and just you know went back and just her goal kicking routine was you know spot on she didn't over panic and that's why she got straight through the middle which was fantastic Molly Eastman's going along um, beautifully and I thought Esther Honeybun was very good too Pete so those are some of the players there for the second half in our Swiss Wonders VFL Women's Match of the Day. Goal kickers at uh, halftime look like this. The Darabin Falcons at singles to Samara David and Lauren Pierce, and Talia Merritt is the sole goal kicker for Weemstown. So as we take this break at halftime, it's Darabin 2-3-15, leading Weemstown 1-1-7. Another massive week on the breakfast club. It's great to have your company. If you missed any of the good stuff, here's a snippet of what we did. What Alan Richardson has done this year with St Kilda has been nothing short of sensational. And you know how the media works. It seems to be the narrative that if he doesn't make a final win a final, well, but he's gone. What's it the... seems to be growing. In, and to me, that seems to be coming from internal. And I've been through all that. And you go, hang on, this is just not the media making this up. They're getting some vibes from somewhere. Okay, this is what we're going to jump on. Alex Carey, the vice captain of the Australian cricket team. Marcus Stornis. So how's he travelling? He's going to have a fitness test. He had a, a light bulb today, and then he'll have a, a better run around tomorrow at the main session. We'll leave that up to the selectors in terms of what happens with Marcus, and hopefully he gets up for that. The big fella joining us again from the D's, Max Gorn. Three and nine is not a great place to be sitting, and as a leader, I'm pretty embarrassed in the position our club's in at the moment. I'm proud of how the group has faced adversity this year, and once we get one win, I feel like we can potentially get on that roll, but we've just got to jump over that barrier. Taylor Adams is with us, and he's a teammate of Jaden Stevenson. Gamble. 
travelling and this sort of thing, can you take us through how clear your understanding is of what's okay and what's not? The rules are black and white for players. Basically, we get told every year about the rules and regulations around gambling and betting on our game in any form, and it's prohibited. There's no grey area? No, it's, it's very clear. Luke Park joins us, the Sydney champ. The coach, John Longmire, a lot of people talking about John Longmire because of the opportunity perhaps to go back home, so to speak, to North Melbourne because that job is now up for grabs. Has he felt the need to address that with a playing group? No, nah, it's not even discussed. Look, he's in a really good place at the moment. He's pretty excited by the group we've got coming through and what the future looks like. And I think he bought a house in Sydney last year, so I don't know if he'll be moving. <laughs> One of the emerging forces at the Western Bulldogs is Josh Dunkley. Do you feel as a team you've underachieved? Yeah, we've underachieved for sure. We felt like we've been in a lot of games. You know, hopefully going forward we can see some more consistency, but the 22 that go out there just need to perform really well for the team. The Breakfast Club, 6 till 8.30 weekdays on RSN 927. Thanks to the tab, who are you backing? This is what you might have missed on RSN 927's Racing Pulse. Jungle Edge, a marvel, has beaten Malibu star William Thomas. Oh, he's a marvel indeed. Jungle Edge winning again, and it was a great ride by Michael Point. Yeah, I went down and um, worked him the Monday prior to the race. Mick said he doesn't ever do much work with him, and he went out and he was quite lazy. Um, we just went a 1,000, home 400, and never asked him too much. He only did what he had to, and when I did give him the squeeze, he did then grab the bit and want to do it. Welcome to a special edition of Racing's Open Mike, we get to talk to some characters in racing and my special guest today has reached the top in the world of racing and he's also led a very varied life throughout his career as well. And I speak of Robert Heathcote. Rob, great to see you, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Michael. It's great to join you. And after buffering, buffering, hanging on, he's got it. Buffering got his grip on him, but lucky nine. Uh, Sessions might have got the you third. You won it? It's a yeah, I did. I did. You, you, look at the, you look at the footage as he went over the line. We went crazy. <laughs> we were pretty happy. And then it was like the penny dropped. Yeah. He's he run three he, on end. He won his next three. Well, in fact, oddly enough, 18 to win a group one. And then he won seven group ones in his next 13 or 14 races. Chris Simons, how are you? Chris? I'm great, Michael. Thanks for having me on. This time of year is when we get the synthetic racing. How do you see them? We need them in Victoria. Are they great? No, they're probably not. But we wouldn't be racing a lot of the time without them. Jim Waters joins us. Jim, appreciate your time this morning. What's your reaction to your state treasurer's uh, statements yesterday, Re, the point of consumption tax? Obviously, we're disappointed that we haven't been successful in having the tax rate reduced back to what we consider necessary at 10% to make South Australian racing competitive in the national landscape of wagering. I'm hoping, Lee Monner said, top hat didn't get too wet and it's all good for day three. My top hat is in a desperate state. Frank Zatora, who won the big race in Crystal Ocean, he was saying, if you only recall riding in worse than once, which is when he won the on Enable mm. a few years ago. The thing about Crystal Ocean is, there probably wasn't a horse in training over here that Moore deserved to win a Group 1. He'd been second in the three Group 1 he contested, so he deserved to win one anyway, but to win in the conditions he faced today on ground, he probably did like. In horrendous rain, he really deserved that one. Racing Pulse, the heartbeat of Victorian racing. Weekdays from 8.30am on RSN 927. When footy's done and dusted, the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10. It's the round in review from the footy punter's point of view. Andrew Cuse and Adam White deliver the weekend footy wrap, Monday mornings at 10, and then on podcast. 
we go round Victoria for RSN 927's Country Notice Board. It's your statewide heads up on the best racing experiences in all three codes. Andrew Q's whips around Victoria for Country Notice Board. Tuesday mornings at 10 and later on podcast. We're going to have Sydney and Melbourne clashing next spring, increasingly so, aren't we? How much can Greg Nichols control this in his new job? We can't. We had that conversation. I don't know. The Patent Committee, I think, needs to sort it out. But again, I think it's all down to the voting. So this is the quandary where the bigger states can overrule the smaller states. The Verdict, 9 till 10, Monday mornings. Part of Monday's Racing Pulse on RSN 927 for OTI Racing, where sport and lifestyle collide. Find out more at oti.com. The 30-Minute Trots Report. One out, one back. All the industry news from around Victoria and the people who make this sport happen. RSN 927 joins Harness Racing Victoria for One Out, One Back. Thursday mornings at 10 and then on podcast. The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And I'm by 95 points and they should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. It's a bit of a dog at win in the end because we're a pretty young group and... Everyone probably would have expected the premiers to run over the top of but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital and streaming. 48 matches, 10 teams. It's the fight for cricket's holy grail. When it's the World Cup, when it's a big event, they turn up. When it's as big as the World Cup, RSN 927 ramps up the team. And they put in a performance, and boy, have they done that today. Whitey. Our commitment to the World Cup is world class. On The Breakfast Club, on The Late Show, and on Sports Overnight. Former Australian players John Hastings and Cat White will be with us throughout the cup. Pakistan side with their Champions Trophy result. In 2017, yeah. are a dangerous team. Embedded with the Aussie team, vice-captain Alex Carey, a regular guest. G'day, Alex. Yeah, guys, how you going? Following every cup match, cricket writer Adam Collins. The atmosphere was astonishing. They were sitting with the fans down there. And we're proud to roll out the Final Word podcast, direct from England, just after 5.30 every morning inside the breakfast bar. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon wrapping up all the overnight play. Shakib got the man of the match, but his bowling was the key just to really squeeze South Africa and derail them through the middle. All the way to the World Cup final. We're about the game because we love our cricket. RSN 927 conducts competitions almost every day. Every contest is run according to our general competition rules. There are even competitions which have specific terms and conditions. If you would like to read our general competition rules or any special terms and conditions, look for the links on the competitions page at rsn.net.au or ask for a copy during business hours at the RSN 927 reception desk. RSN Carnival 2.
the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com and on the VFL app. Apologies that our feed is not available through RSN Carnival 2 today due to technical issues, but tell your friends we are available for our regular website, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. They download that to their mobile phone. Half-time, Darabin 2-3-15, lead Weemstown 1-1-7 as the cheer of the crowd for Darabin, the home side, coming back out here to Bill Laurie Oval. I'm Peter Holden, the long side match analyst, Elise Collette from the Homesland Sports Media Degree course and, of course, uh, legend of a women's football premiership coach at Swan Districts, taught Chelsea Randall everything she knows, Nicole Graves. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Absolute superstar, Chelsea Randall. And I just actually noticed, just on side AFLW News, she brought a house. She did buy a house. I had a little bit of an inside scoop on that one, so when everyone was saying she was going to go back to WA, play, you know, be West Coast and everything, and I knew Chelsea was buying the house, I'm like, mm, not sure if they know that she ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and listen, Chelsea's a real, you know, real loyal uh, competitor, and, and, you know, in Adelaide, the Crows have been great to her, and she's been great to them, let's face it. And so I think, yeah, so definitely for a couple of years. She's got a house she owns in Perth as well, so there's always a spot for her to go back there. But, um, yeah, so I think, it, you know, it's really good for Chelsea, and she's really made Adelaide her home, and she's, you know, fair superstar for the Crows and the Adelaide com- football community. Two houses. She's got to start doing what the other footballers do. She's got to start investing in some pubs now. So they start expanding the portfolio. Yeah, so exactly right. Well, yeah, Chelsea, ironically, this is actually her third house. Maybe I did teach her a lot of, a lot of other things. So, yeah, so listen, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's great to see those players, you know, being, and, you know, she's, obviously not a full-time football. She works at the Crows there and does massive amount of game development work for them. So that next generation of young Crows and in the future, maybe Port Adelaide, you know, they're going to get the benefit of having such a superstar working in their schools and, and for the game there. So great development um, manager for the Crows, Chelsea's. And talking about uh, developing the game, we'll have to uh, try and arrange an interview with them at, at some stage on our midweek show, 6pm Wednesdays. Um, I saw that she was actually in Singapore uh, about, I think, a week or so ago, uh, helping with their program. Yeah, so obviously, you know, a bit of the Irish connection and the old halfway point uh, Singapore. I've done that myself, um, uh, gone over to Singapore and, and, and been involved in Gaelic football and international uh, rules football there. So, yeah, so Singapore is one of those things. And, it, and it's really great, particularly with so many, you know, international girls now playing the game. It's so good that, um, you know, that our AFLW stars are getting the opportunity to go over and, and share their game knowledge and, 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 you know, have that sort of reward. And it's also developing those AFLW players as ambassadors of our game around the world, which is fantastic. Score here, 2-3-15, Darabin, Weemstown, 1-1-7. Weemstown have now come back onto the ground. They're in their last-minute huddles down at the uh, eastern end of the ground. Elise Collette, how do you see this uh, second half potentially playing out? Um, yeah, I see it as... As close as, as the first half has been, oh, as I said earlier, they're gonna said that they're gonna have to work hard for every score that they get, and I won't, won't be surprised if that's the case again in the second half. Then, if uh, for Darabin, I reckon they've just got to keep that momentum going that they had in the um, that, the back end of that second quarter. And Nicole Graves, I guess for Weemstown, do they just try and keep status quo, particularly how they played that first quarter? 
considering they're kicking to that end for the third term? Or do they start to need to shake it up a little bit early? Is maybe the eight-point gap bigger than we expect because of the conditions? Yeah, it's interesting. As I said, that first quarter, they really dominated because they really got width with their yeah. play. And in that second quarter, because Darabin got their hands on the footy more, pressure comes in when you, you when it's you know sitting inside Darabin's forward 50 for probably 80% of the game. So that's where you put that pressure on. And then you saw Williamstown sort of fall into that into that uh, trap of then kicking it back to where it came from, where all the players are, rather than where in that first quarter they're really playing with some with some width and with some run and carry. So if they can bring that back into the game, you know they'll they'll bring themselves. And as I said, you know with two three one one score line, it's, they're not far behind. Umpire holds the football aloft, waiting for the siren, and here we go. We are underway at Bill Laurie Oval, former home of Northcote in the old VFA competition when they played in second division. As it's tapped down there by Pierce, taken away there by Newman to put it straight on the boot, standing all by herself, enough room where she could have built a block of apartments. She had that much space, was McNeese. McNeese's kick, though, up the line, let her down. It was picked off by Kawa quite easily for Williamstown. Kawa with the football. Looking further ahead for some options. Gets on the right boot. Goes towards the half-forward flank. Juggled around there by Wolf. Going backwards there. McNeese trying to get a hand pass away. Going in. Hicks. Can't extract it. And will call for a ball up. Half-back here for Darabin. Half-forward for Williamstown. Mohope directing traffic behind her about who needs to set up where. They're going player on player at the moment. Pierce. Intercepted here. Hand pass away Dixon. Intercepted. Eastman swung around with a big right boot. And towards half forward flank. Mark taken there by Brady Kennedy. Looking further afield for some options. Umpire signals a 50 metre penalty against Pedersen for encroaching the mark. Yeah, that'll be a bit of fun for those two. They were both playing at Carlton VFLW uh, this time last year. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, Patterson just snuck over the mark as Bridie started to move her body to hit the 45. Danica's just been sucked in a little bit there, Pete, and uh, has just encroached inside um, that protected zone. Directly in front, she's been put, and she has no problems whatsoever, Bridie Kennedy. She kicks a goal, and that moves uh, Darabin along to 3-3-21. The Seagulls 1-1-7, Elise Collette. Yeah, I believe... Was it Darren when we were talking about earlier how the, um, they can't give away silly free kicks? Um, well, um, now Williamstown have, have to remember to do the same. That Yeah, that, that um, encroachment um, rule, if you for want of a better word, is... Um, is one that you, you shouldn't give away. It's like it's a simple simple thing that you that you do that um, you shouldn't you shouldn't encroach. That's right. It's the pressure on the you know to Darren's uh, benefit. You know it's a pressure on the ball. You get you're getting plenty of the footy. Players start to panic. And as I said, Bridie dragged her across because she started to move. You know started to switch that play. And all of a sudden the player goes with her before the umpire calls the play on. And and there you go. Ball is thrown up and away we go again. Knocked down. Gardner tried to come through, couldn't do so. Newman threw the hands back to appeal for holding the ball. The umpire said no. Honey bun. 
And the umpire blows the whistle and says, down with unfairly, free kick going the way of the Darabin Falcons. Defensive side of centre wing, city side of the ground. Honeybin with a free kick. Gets on the right boot, comes in board. Works out well. Spots up Rennie Hicks. Hicks takes on the glue pot and does OK. Runs through on the right boot. Goes towards the half-forward flank position. Spots up the intended target. McNeese goes running. Cully McNeese on the left boot towards the top of the goal square. One-two by to the cherry. And pulling in the mark on a slight angle, 25 metres out, is going to be Eloise Gardner. Yeah, Eloise, really good goal kicker. We actually, she actually came down and trained with Carlton in the AFLW season, give her a little bit of experience of what was taken. So she had a, bit, a fair bit of work with Taylor Harris on those couple of sessions she was there and, and, you know, really dedicated, wanted to learn. So, yeah, so Eloise can get this if she just takes her time. Eloise Gardner comes in. She'll be kicking from 25 metres out. Slight angle. Very close to the left-hand goal post. And it has hit the woodwork for a minor score. 3-4-22. Darabin, Williamstown, 1-1-7. And the Towners want to quickly come out of defence. And they might kind of mess it up here at the half-back flank. It is held up. Oh, and a bit of shove going on. And uh, giving away a free kick for not liking the attention. Danica Pedersen. Yeah, she still might be a little shirty about that 50-metre penalty there, Pete. So she's just another, again, another silly free kick. Eloise Gardner deep into into their uh, attacking 50. Burns tried to read it off the pack. Off the hand pass to Georgia Hammond, who went with a snap right across the face. One bounce over the boundary line and out of bounds. We will call for a throw-in. 15-point lead here to the Falcons. Yeah, you can see the Falcons, see they're starting to get that width, Pete. They're looking for the 45, and we saw Rennie Hicks running through that through that middle, and it, which means that they're trying to, you know, as I said, change those lanes, trying to get it outside, not kick it back to where it came from, and they're getting the benefit of that. Ball is thrown back into play. Pierce at her feet, couldn't quite pick up the footy. Had to go to ground, got it out to Lister. Lister on the left boot, pulls the kick. Gardner spoiled from behind on that occasion by Jetta Hurd. And the ball goes over the boundary line and will call for a throw in. And to add to what you were saying, Nicole, um, twice now this quarter, Carly McNeese has been on her own, nice and wide, and she's been able to um, kick it forward to the benefit of the um, of the Falcons. Lister with the roving work, put her on the left boot towards the top of the goal square. Quick spoil from behind, right near the behind line. Pedersen gives up the hand pass. I think this Mel Nichols is under pressure, went for the kick. Now, did it go out of bounds to the full? It did. And it will be a free kick to the Falcons right in front of the cricket nets. And taking it is going to be Bridie Kennedy right up against the boundary line. So just next to the picket fences. We'll look to swing around with the kick. 45 metres out. Goes towards the top of the goal square. Oh, Mo Hope went flying through the air. Ball hit the deck. Mo Hope goes in again. Picks up another possession. Puts it on the right boot. Is smart with a kick. Managed to find a teammate there in Tripodi. Ruby Tripodi with a footy hand pass off to Mo Hope, who ran around the back and collect the possession. Went with a hand pass. Might call for the 1 2. No, it's not on. They like to go with a kick up the line. Through several sets of hands here. Good tackle laid on. And it was done by Emily Gardner. The umpire will call for the footy back. And that's where, you know, the smarts of Mo Hope. And then just lowering the eyes and hitting those, you know, those 100% 20-metre kicks rather than just belting it, Pete, and just hoping that someone's there for them. And uh, going up the line here, Rennie kicks. Went towards centre-half forward. At the back here. Pedersen maybe threw it. Umpire said, no, nah, play on. Pulling the kick. Taking the mark here is Strafford. 
Lysistrapid with the footy. Runs around at half-back flank. It's an awkward kick going towards the centre wing position. Trying to get to it first. Quick hand pass off. Looking for Crawford. Taken away, though, by Zagetti, who now kicks towards the half-forward flank. Heavy traffic. Trying to come through Wilson. Couldn't quite pick it up. Falcons trying to fire out the hand pass. Only for Williamson to come in to lay the tackle. And the umpire's going to blow a whistle and call for a ball up once more. So the score at the moment, 3-4-22 Darabin. Williamstown 1-1-7. High in the air it goes again. Pierce straight down the throat of Lister, who's racking up the possessions. Lister on the left had gone inside 50. Caught and rolled over on that occasion. Ashley Melnickus will again call for a ball up. Uh, the one thing we talked about earlier with Mo Hope, Nicole, is, and it's the one thing we're not seeing enough, I guess, in VFLW football from the VFLW listed players, is that run and carry game. Yeah, just you know, creating that one and two, as I said, she nice, uh, you know, took, you know, went for a fly, absolutely. But then, you know, butted up, second effort, grabs a ball, you know, switches, you know, switches the play on the other side. Nice little short 20-metre kick to 100%er, runs past, gets a handball, and then all of a sudden they're, and, you know, another long kick. All of a sudden they're, you know, they're 80 metres away from goal rather than just, you know, putting it on the boot and, and you know, kick and hope. As the ball is thrown back into play, Pierce. Gets around on the right boot, swings at goal and will go one bounce and through for a minor score. 3-5-23, Darabin, Williamstown 1-1-7 here on the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WRAFradio.com and the VFL app. Quick kick in back to play. It's an awkward bounce and it could be turned over here. Hammond up against the boundary line, ball over and out. We'll call for a throw in. And when you're talking about the run and carry as well, I guess that's why we've seen the Irish women that have converted from Gaelic football dominating in the early years of AFLW. Oh, absolutely. The Irish women have been fantastic and been fantastic for our game, and, and so it should be. The games are so similar. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great to see so many Irish women heading over to, to Australia to play footy. Absolutely. As we mentioned last week, the latest signing, Ashlyn Sheridan, signed at Collingwood out of the Crosscoders program. Umpire blows the whistle and says we'll call for a ball up. 35 metres out from goal. And both rucks put their hands in the air. Pierce is going to do the rucking on this occasion. Hit the ground. Trying to pick it up and go with a hand pass backwards. Rennie Hicks. Oh, dumped as she kicked it. McNeese. And the umpire said it was fair and a mark being paid to Reed back there in the back line for Williamstown. Pulls the kick, finds it. Oh, Newman dropped it like a piece of soap. Well, under pressure from Byrne. Byrne fought out the hand pass to Honeybun, who again dropped it like it was a piece of soap. Honeybun got it back, then got spun around, dropped the footy, and the umpire says, your G-O-N-E gone. Free kick going the way of the Seagulls. And I'd like to see a bit more of that, Peter. Alicia Newman, we know how quick she is, Pete. So if she gets behind the footy, they can feed it back to her, and she can run. That's the sort of pace. No one catches Alicia Newman when she's on the... Thing. So you'd like to see her do that and, and provide that for her footy team. As we talk, Wimstown have worked their way up the wing, trying to look for a champong at the half-forward flank. She's gone flawling over her opponent, nearly flattened her in the process. Coming through to lay the pressure is Crawford. This is against the runner play, really here by the Seagulls. Coming in there is Colvin. Can't get the football out there. And now half a dozen are going to swarm out of the football. Dixon watching on and will call for a ball up. Match analyst Elise Collette. Yeah, that was a good run of play down the wing there from Williamstown. But their, their only problem was there were no options inside 50. Um, things could have ended very differently, even if there was just one free option inside 50. Trying to jump in there. Tripodi and the umpire asks for the football back. Tripodi, the 23rd player today for Williamstown. The 23rd player for Darabin is Carly McNeese. As... 
The ball goes up in the air, 48 metres out from goal. Ruck work being done there by Jetta Hurd. Hand pass over the top there by Dixon, looking to try and create something. Holding on the back line, Hibbert here for the Falcons. Very close towards the boundary line. Marked inside play by Eastman. Eastman tries to switch. Burn was there as an option. Went over the head and a player is absolutely pancaked behind play. Yeah, there's been a bit of push and shove around there um, for the teams. That's it. See uh, Darren Rackman in uh, Aaron McLaughlin. It's Newman. Yeah, Newman down. And McLaughlin is getting a mouthful from Mo Hope on the way, saying she does not appreciate what happened to her teammate. Yeah, there was a bit of push and shove. Only literally probably a minute earlier between uh, three or four players, and I think that might have been a little bit of payback on the way through. So, yeah, so we don't need that in our footy game, particularly when the game's like this. Williamstown just need to, to reset. Um, not be sucked in by that and um, you know, maybe be motivated to, to step up. As we've seen with games of footy, particularly when it's low scoring and conditions like this when the ball is slippery, frustrations can boil over very quickly. Yeah, and these two teams really desperate for a win, so there's no doubt there's, there's plenty of uh, emotion in the game. So free kick going to Wimstown. They'll play on quickly to go inside 50. Just bounce off the chest there. Lawson Tavenu couldn't hang on to it. And the umpires pulled out a free kick and signaled it the way of... No, to bring it back because the play hadn't been restarted according to the umpire. So now we reset back to where we originally began. Now we go inside the hotspot. 35 out. A champion nearly took out a few on the way through. Down goes Whiting. No nudge in the back according to the umpire. Going in over the top there. Patterson umpire blows the whistle and says, let's call for a ball up. Yeah, both teams resting their, their dominating rucks in forward. So Champong there just coming through like like a bullet at a gate. She certainly took out half the team then. <laughs> Heard goes through. Oh, it got out to Whiting. Whiting 25 metres out from goal. Has missed. Ouch. Got to get those ones. Yeah, really needed that one. And, and probably rushed it a bit. Had a little bit more time, Pete. But... Um yeah, so but really good effort, and again, just holding out rather than creating this, you know, this stoppage inside is really important. So they can release that handball, get a nice, clean shot at goal. One two eight, Weemstown, Darabin three five twenty three. The kick back into play had to be good, and it was. Find Rennie Hicks. Rennie Hicks, of course, was also formerly of Diamond Creek. Now switches, finding Zagetti at the halfback flank, city side of the ground, Zagetti. What options has she got on? Got the hurry up for the umpire, then kicked it straight towards the pack. Spooled from behind by Merritt with a fist in there. Trying to work the way through traffic. David squeezed out. Coming through there, Anderson. Can't pick it out. And the umpire will come and blow the whistle and uh, say, I'll take the footy back with Merritt on the bottom of the deck. And plenty of players flying around there, Pete. With not many of them with the footy at the moment. As we reset... Hope is lurking nearby. Coming into lay a tackle there, Lauren Sullivan. And again, we'll ask for the footy back. Nearing three-quarter time. 15-point lead to Darabin. Ball high in the air. Hope can't get in there. Eastman watching on. Rugby mall at the moment. And on the bottom there of that pack is Shree Fairchild. You just see Darabin just rolling back, just putting themselves in those spa- in those defensive spaces. And there we go, straight to them. And hurry, kick off the carpet, trying to find Thompson. Thompson, hand pass, Whiting, immediately caught, had to get rid of it. Uh, pardon me, it was uh, Dixon, rather. 
Now here's the kick heading in the Whiting direction. She's going one-on-one here with Zagetti. Whiting in the pocket. Whiting in the pocket. Oh, with this skies it up to a champong. She lost her feet at the crucial moment. Now coming through there, the cavalry is going to arrive. Trying to pick up the football there is Strafford. Strafford being harassed there by Dardengo. In goes a champong. Loose elbow in there. Umpire said it was fair. Going in there is Blackwood. Close towards the boundary line. It's over and out. And great defensive work there by the Darabin girls. They really had to work hard. Nothing, nothing worse than the, it being in the goal square, running across the front of the goal square, and the panic sets in. So Darabin w- defenders working really, really hard to, to keep that ball out. Crowd getting quite passionate in that piece of play as well as the ball is thrown back in. Mo Hope. Uh, the infringement's going to be against her in the ruck because what yeah. it is, according to the silly ruck nomination rules, is when the ball is thrown back into play, both rucks have to nominate. And if no rucks are there, you still can't take it out of the air. It has to hit the ground first. Yeah, she just needed that extra second, and it would have bounced. Kick would have been fine, but it was just one second too early. And now taken away by McNeese. McNeese kicks up the line. Now finding the player who got spun around in a circle. Diamato. Now going backwards. Oh, Mo Hope comes in to take a strong grab. You see Mo directly straight away pushes back, switches the play out to Nikki Wallace, and that's, it opens up the ground for them, Pete. Now kicking out, trying to find Anderson. Anderson in a foot race on this occasion. Oh, she held up her opponent well. Turned her over. Went again, got sandwiched in the process. Support arrived. The umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. Be interesting, Pete. I'd have to double check, but uh, I believe the ruck rule changed. So I'm not sure if these, if the VFL rules are different, but the AFLW rule in season three changed, where they can actually touch that ball, so it doesn't oh, have to hit the with ground. That third person, yeah. Mm. But it may not have changed here yet, so I'm not sure. Uh, or a case of the umpire may have got confused by the rules. As uh, Whiting gave it off the hand pass. Here's the kick towards the top wing for Patton, and the goal square one two bounces away oh. to the left hand side. And we'll register as a minus score. One three nine Williamstown, Darabin three five twenty three. And they're absolutely sorry, they're absolutely peppering uh, the goals. A bit similar to Darabin in the last quarter, Williamstown. So hopefully they get a bit of reward for all their effort. Hey, all I was going to say was that kick was looking very good. It just bounced the wrong way, right at the death. As running the ball back into play. So, uh, is the player in Patterson the halfback flank looking for Pierce didn't get to her, Dixon picks it up caught and the umpire's actually signalled for a free kick off the footy going the way of Williamstown and Dixon Dixon is 55 metres out from home calling for it is Jamie Patton will she go in that direction over the head of Whiting players jump for it, Mo Hope was looking around couldn't take it cleanly, Patton with the 40 wanted to get to the Mo Hope, intercepted on that occasion by McNeese McNeese lost control of the football, managed to get on the way to a teammate, Lawson Tabata, kick was ricocheted off several bodies, trying to get through traffic, Dan is Strafford, kicks towards the top of the goal square, oh going to ground at the crucial moment oh, Being great tackled. work, yeah. great work by Gab Colvin there like that dying last dive at the ball on the line, and fantastic defensive work, and that was a, geez, that was a give, almost a given goal, Pete, yeah, Anderson had it for half a goal. second. Yeah, I stopped a certain goal there. Great work, Gavin Colvin. Counts as a minor score. one four ten trails 3-5-23. Darabin up at the moment. Now holding on to the football is Ashley Malnickus. And we'll call for a ball up. And the intensity has gone up in this game. Oh, yeah. The, not only the emotion, but the footy as well. So, yeah. So, there, as the more emotional this game gets, <laughs> the more bodies are flying everywhere. But it's, been, it's a fantastic game to watch. And goes Lister. She gets spun around in a circle. Haven't put in the ground. Whiting wanted to get involved. Tackle laid on there by Suleiman. The umpire asked for the footy back. In fact, it was Hibbert who was tackled. 
Umpire takes the footy back right on the paint, 50 metres out from the Williamstown goal. Can they get a morale booster just before the three-quarter time siren or will Darabin shut them out? Weaving through traffic, Molly Eastman goes in the direction of Lauren Pierce. One, two, three, bites the pill. Couldn't quite pull it in. Trying to get rid of uh, Pedersen. Pedersen refused to go away. Ball now through the middle of the ground with heavy traffic. It was Tripodi that was on the hammer, but there was the Falcons who managed to get it towards their half-forward flank. Now half-back because it's now intercepted by Aaron Mead. And Mead with a footy. Now switches towards the half-back flank. Two-on-one numbers favouring the Seagulls if they can work it out. They cannot. Getting back there is Wolf. We'll hold it up. And we will probably call for a ball. The umpire's circling. He's saying he's time to blow a whistle and we'll reset play. As we see that usual VFLW, the uh, stoppage, the umpire blows a whistle and half a dozen players run the opposite way to try to get in for the <laughs> into the zones. The old density rule. Yep. As... Well, at least we don't have the 18-metre goal square like they trolled. That's true. God. Oh, Nothing more ironic than, uh, yeah, the ball going up and, and you see, you know, as I said, there has to be five behind. So ten players run the completely opposite direction. As Pierce wins it down. And the umpire's just watching here. I think he might pin for holding here. He did. I think it was one of those occasions where he thinks we've just got to break the play open. So let's look for the next possible free kick, even if it might be a bit 50-50. Mo Hope receives here, had to dance around Pierce. Awkward barrel off the side of the boot. Is going to be marked easily here by Hibbert. Hibbert at the halfback flank, city side of the ground. Wants to come inboard as the siren sounds for three-quarter time at Bill Laurie Oval in Westgarth. And it is Darabin, 3-5-23, leading Weemstown 1-4-10. Goal kickers at three-quarter time. It singles to Kennedy. David and Pierce for Williamstown, one to Merritt. For her thoughts on that third term, at least Colette? It was almost a case of two halves to the quarter. Early on, um, Darabin continued where they left off in the second quarter, continually attacking uh, their goals. But then halfway through, it, it switched and Williamstown started doing the same thing. So it'll be interesting which, which way it goes in the final term. And also for her thoughts on the third term, here's Nicole Graves. Yeah, thanks. You're exactly right there. It was it was the quarter of two halves. Uh, and, yeah, you really thought, well, Darabin's just going to go on mm. with this. But uh, to Williamstown's credit, as I said, they, they um, hit, were hitting those 45s. They lowered their eyes. They got it into side. They're, they're, attacking, um, they're attacking 50. And we saw that second half, basically the ball was in Williamstown's half for the whole quarter. They just couldn't convert. And a couple of those were right on the line. So, yeah, so we're sort of talking, you know, both teams have missed a few with eight scoring shots to four, to five um, for the game so far. But yeah, listen, the Darabin coach have to be really pleased with his players. Apart from that first quarter when you know, Williamstown were really dominant, um, Darabin have really, you know, opened up the game for themselves. They're taking good marks. They're running carrying, as we talked about. They're setting up behind the footy better, Pete, so therefore they're running from behind and giving options for that 45. So, yeah, so the Darabin coach be, you know, rather pleased and, and Williamstown, again, it's only a couple of kicks in it, but the way that it's going, they're going to have to work really hard and make sure they really nail those those goals. So it can't be just that accidental in the square. They've got to be really predetermined in the way they set up their forward structure. Weemstown need three kicks to hit the fronts. As the Darabin coach, do you park the bus? Nope. It's, um, as we, sh- as it, uh, we saw in that final uh, second half of that quarter, Williamstown did all the attacking, and it was an 
matter of like tiny moments or tiny seconds and the score could be very different. So I, if I was Darren, I wouldn't park the bus yet. Yeah, I'd certainly be using, particularly the first maybe 10 minutes of this quarter, Pete, just really attacking footy play where they're going. And, you know, and if, if it's all going well, you know, with, you know, 10 minutes ago, you might start to, to close it down a bit. And as I said, Darren's defence has been outstanding. Um, you know, they really have kept that out and that showed in that quarter when you're under pressure and you're not letting, you know, you, it wasn't even, it was a rushed, you know, rushed behind. So they're, you know, they're really holding them out and making Williamstown, you know, really earn their kicks and making sure they're covered off so that if the ball is released, it's all one-on-ones around there. So, you know, they've worked really hard. Their ruckman are getting deep into defence to support with Lauren with Lauren Pierce and such. So makes it, you know, a really dominant space. So they're doing really well, Darren. We'll take this quick opportunity to take a break here at three-quarter time as the Falcons leading the Seagulls by 13 points. The winter issue of Ladies in Racing magazine is out now with Winx on the cover. Inside, an eight-page Winx special packed with stories and photos. Plus, stories on the Wakeful Club's Lady of Racing, jockey Christine Pauls, Jamie Carr, and Harness Racing's fearless Rainswomen. Ladies in Racing, for those who love the glamour and stories of females in racing. Six issues, starting with the winter edition, for only $59, including postage in Australia. Call 1300 783 112 or see ladiesinracingmagazine.com.au. No matter what your age, most of us played sport when we were young. And there was always one thing that made you want to disappear into a corner or even give up your chosen sport. And that was when somebody on the sideline hurled abuse at either you or a teammate. These are the moments that make sport painful for so many kids. And the time has come to stop it. I'm Elise Perry from the Southern Stars, and my message is simple. Let kids be kids. Let them enjoy their sport without interference. Google Play by the Rules to find out more. For the big game this weekend, here's where to meet up. The Mail Exchange Hotel. Five minutes walk from Marvel Stadium. Ales, wine, superb food and tap terminals. The Mail Exchange Hotel. It's where the footy fans meet up. Corner Burke and Spencer Streets, City. Opposite the steps at Southern Cross Station. Premiership coach Paul Roos talks teamwork, leadership and creating a winning culture. One of the smartest minds in football talks about his life and the lessons he's learned. On the next RecLink, Sporting Chance Night. If you're in sport or business, come and learn from one of the best. It's on Wednesday, August 14 at the Hoppers Club. Pelham Drive, Hoppers Crossing. Tickets just $25, but bookings are a must. Call 94196672 and join Paul Roos. Recklink, including the unincluded. RSN Carnival 2. It's the WARFradio.com and the VFL app. It's the VFL women's match of the day. 13 points the difference here at three-quarter time. Darabin 3-5-23, leading Wimstown 1-4-10. Earlier today, it was a big 74-point win to Collingwood over the Western Bulldogs. About a five-goal win to Geelong over Casey. And the Southern Saints defeated the Hawks by three points. Coming up at 4 p.m. on Thunder TV via YouTube, you can watch the NT Thunder take on Essendon in just quietly, slightly warmer climate. Yeah, it'd be nice, Pete. Why, when are we going to do that one? You certainly get me on that list if we go anywhere. anywhere. I, bet, I bet Coxie asked me all season, when's it in the budget that we're flying up there? Exactly. Anything okay. above the 26 parallel would be fantastic for me, Pete. Thanks. <laughs> maybe I was going to say, maybe I should organise it soon. Coxie's got himself full-time employment elsewhere. Say, sorry, Coxie, you, you, you've got work. You can't come. Yeah, well, uh, worry about us paupers here. <laughs> as the ball is thrown up in the air and away we go again in the middle of the ground. Hand pass away by the Falcons. Didn't go too far. They're still stalling at centre-half forward. 
Trying to sweep around the back here at centre. Back is Anderson. Going in there is Eastman. Can't get the football out. And the umpire blows the whistle and again will call for a ball up as the sun teases us here at uh, Bill Laurie Oval. It's coming out, but the temperature isn't really warming up that much. Going in there is um, is Patton doing the ruck work. The Falcons, though, with a hurry kick towards the half-forward flank position. Getting back there on the last line of defence. Pedersen trying to keep it in front of herself. There's a little toe packer going forward. And the umpire's just circling, 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 circling. Blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. It's good work in there. I'm actually enjoying Rennie Hicks's game uh, in the midfield. Obviously played defence for Carlton in the last couple of seasons at AFLW level. But her in the midfield, she's been really good. So again, Patton for Weemstown. Knocked it down. Coming through there, Wallace. Hand pass. Trying to get in there is Anderson. Wallace. Now get it across to Williamson who got caught. She was blocked. Done well by Hicks. Now because it came off her boot, are they going to call last disposal or not? Because she's arguing the point that as much as she... Doesn't even matter, Pete, it was last disposal. Young last Nikki Wallace last... still has to go back over the mark and kick the footy. She can't play on in that scenario. Yeah. No, they're calling for a throw in. So the umpire says no, it wasn't a disposal per se. Yeah, because it was, it was sort of like an accidental kick, you could argue. It's the confusion of this rule. That's why we say scrap it as the ball is now in the centre of the ground. Coming away is Honeybun. Hand pass. Dribble on the ground. Now taken away there by Lister. Lister gets caught by Solomon. Ball squeezed out, though, for the Falcons. They move it in towards the inside 50, looking for Samara David. Got bumped off the ball. Now coming away for a run for it. I think this is Shannon now. Goes towards the halfback flank. Now trying to come in there is Strafford. Did well to try and hold it up. Coming in to lay a tackle as well as Kawa. And the umpire asks for the football back. Going into the ground on that occasion, Burn. It's good play there. Now, as I said, both teams need to really set up. Williamstown obviously need to really get that attack. So I can see Patton actually on the ground with the 16. So we're guessing the 41 max might be Sally Seabrook because Sally Seabrook's got the 20 and she was a ruck. I've got a feeling it might be Sally Seabrook wearing the 41. They've changed a few jumpers around on us, Williamstown. Thank you. As the kick now up the line courtesy of Wallace. Now finding Whiting. Sold the candy, then got on the left with a booming kick towards centre-half forward. It did bobble away. Two players fight for it. They both go to ground. Honeybun back, back, and fell on El Kuiper pass. It was taken away, though, on that occasion by Crawford. Goes towards the danger spot. 25 metres out from goal. Knocked along the ground. Here's a snap at goal. It's yes. dribbling. It's dribbling by Anderson. It's touched. I saw oh. some hands go up there. I couldn't 100% say for certain if it was, but the goal umpire right on the spot said, yes, it did get deflected off the hands. It was really good there by Crawford, you know, second and third efforts and got it deep in our attacking 50 for a side. 1-5-11, Williamstown, 3-5-23. The Falcons, the ball back into play. Good tackle laid on there by McNeese. And the crowd is just going to form here. And the umpire will call for a ball up. On sunny ground here at uh, the old Bill Laurie Oval now. Would you believe typical Melbourne? <laughs> Never rains at AH Cap Reserve. Never rains at uh, the home of the Falcons. But you go down the road <laughs> as the ball is close towards the boundary line. Stays in. And the kick around the corner. One, two bounces will go over and out. The good thing about the old AH Cap Reserve was not only could you call from the balcony, the balcony was within a few steps of the bar. 
Yeah, well, well designed, I'd say. Uh, I happen to be the inaugural president of that at that, at that actual club, uh, new club room. So maybe it might have been a theory. <laughs> <laughs> well planned, well designed. As the kick comes back, looking for Byrne, who takes the mark. Sherelle Byrne now for Darabin, near true centre half back, in front of the flats of the city side of the ground. Goes with a little toe poker, and spots up an intended target. Find Wilson. Wilson on the right boot, looking in the Hammond direction. Georgia Hammond picks it up now. Spun around in a circle, gave away the hand pass. One step, and here's a kick. Looking in the Samara David direction. It takes a lovely mark, beating out Mel Nickus. Samara David wheels around to Honeybun. Yeah, great work by the Falcons there. Just moving the ball, and Honeybun just... Just coming in there and ensuring, you know, a nice open space, just sneaking in from the other side of the ground and, and really reeled around and it was great work. Honey Bunny of the hand pass. No, it was encroaching. 50-metre penalty. Oh, no, not again. The second time Williamstown have been pinned on it this half and this could be the dagger. Yeah, she gets this her in trouble. And, and again, just that one where they've just have gone to play on Darabin and the and the opposition just hasn't listened for that for that for that whistle for play on and they've encroached in on the mark. So two goals out of fifty metre penalties, it's a tough gig. Esther Honeybun gets her first, and I think that might be the ball game. Four five twenty-nine, Darabin, Weemstown one five eleven. Elise Collette. Yeah, it was good play from Darwin from the back line through to um, the forward line. They just slowed it down a bit, took that extra second to make sure that they got their, uh, chose the right target and yeah, pity about the um, 50. It takes only one step sometimes and things can change dramatically. Yeah, the umpires are right onto it. So that's one thing they certainly are not missing in this game, Pete, is the 50s. Umpire throws the ball up in the air. It's all uphill now for Williamstown in this contest. My hope on the bottom of the ground. And umpire blows the whistle and will call for a ball up. Darabin Falcons on the verge of their first four premiership points for the season. One out there by Hurd. Going in there. Honeybun again immediately has the football and it's caught it. And the umpire will ask for the footy back. Uh, really good by the Falcons. If you think about, you know, the list we're coming into this, we looked at the list and said about the experience of Williamstown with those couple of really elite AFLW players in their sights. And Darabin, predominantly, a, you know, a true VFL team out there today. And, and listen, they've worked so hard. It's It's been really impressive. And as I said, you know, they were probably yeah, well and truly underdone coming into this game. And, and they've really shown, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of heart to make sure they keep battling. Dump there is Fairchild. Hurry kick away by Hope. Now moves out towards the wing, only to be intercepted. Swinging around Gabrielle Colvin. Colvin on centre wing. City side of the ground. Kicks towards the half-forward flank. Early leapers there. McLaughlin brought it to ground. Coming in to lay the tackle. Dixon, the umpire, blows the whistle and asks for the footy back. Particularly when Williamstown were throwing down the challenge early on in the game, they could have easily folded, but they fought back in the game, and it took a while, but they turned the wheel. Yeah, and absolutely, and my hope's still been dominant. I've been really impressed with her game. You know, as I said, taking the ball last line of defence, running the ball out, running through the midfield. We've very rarely seen her up forward, but when the opportunity's been around there, she's still, you know, and she's been bringing other her teammates into the game, which is really, you know, what you need from a from a yeah from your most experienced players. And when my hopes got wearing the white shorts and their black from mud from the middle of the ground you know that she's really trying to to develop her game and, and gives you know a couple of other strings to the bow 
as the umpire throws the ball up in the air. Pierce through the legs. Hurry kick around. Pierce wants to go back again and get it. Stripped off of it by the player in Williamson. Again, Colvin dribbled it forward. It was a worm burner. Only be taken by Mo Hope. Kicks it towards the half-forward flank. Came off hands. Whiting was there, trying to get to it. Is Strafford. She goes slipping in a slide in there. Falcons with a chance to come out of defence. Honeybun gets spun around in a circle. Gave away the hand pass. Picks in the Samara David direction. Ball bounced away from her. Brady Kennedy goes to ground. Kennedy hatching it. The umpire blew the whistle. Said he'll ask for the footy back. Match analyst Elise Collette. Um... Sorry, I've lost, lost my train of thought again. Choo-choo! <laughs> we'll find right. it again. I think Brady was probably fairly lucky there, sort of sitting on the ball. But, uh, you know, yeah. you've just got to get lower, these players, and make sure they pick it up cleanly. Trying to go in there and get the footy out. The Towners, they can't. The umpire will ask for the football back. Fighting for it there, Nikki Wallace. And we'll... See the ruck contest on this occasion of Hurd versus Pierce. Pierce took it out of the ruck immediately. Ooh. They may have caught around the neck. Oh, that could have ended very differently because, yeah, she took it out of the ruck and if she hadn't uh, gotten rid of it and the tackle wasn't high, she, she might have been the one that had given away the kick. Hammond! Yeah, great mark there um, from Hammond. Yeah, beautiful, Mark. And as I said, just that really, you know, the ball's obviously now, you know, a lot drier now, Pete. Really let out beautifully, took it lace out, and, you know, great kick by Lauren Pierce into to advantage. Georgia Hammond cheer squad will go bananas. She kicks this. She is 40 metres out, and it's Ooh. away to the left-hand side. 4-6-30, Darabin, 1-5-11, Williamstown. It was a good kick. It was very close to being a goal, just a matter of centimetres there, and it would have been very different. So Darabin finishing this game with confidence. Williamstown just trying to scrap out something as Mo Hope brings the ball back into play from full back. Goes for a run, puts it on the right boot. And her kick, though, is intercepted. Now the kick to Pierce at centre-half forward. rather Takes the mark. A clear height advantage on Nikki Wallace then. Pierce. Looking further afield. Samara David waiting out the back. Mo Hope scored by her own teammate on that occasion. Just trying to clean it up there is Aaron Mead. And escorts it over the boundary line. And next to the left-hand point post. Yeah, Georgia Hammond there. Mo and uh, Georgia just having a bit of a kick-to-kick at the moment from uh, Mo kicking it out from defensive 50 straight back to... uh to Hammond again and so yeah so listen you know it's, they're working really hard but they're just the cleaner hands of Darabin at the moment giving them first use of the footy Lauren Pierce doing the rucking then trying to get in there Solomon can't get the football out and that's one so you don't see very often my hope kicking out from full back as we will throw the ball in the air for Champong versus Pierce Champong wins it on that occasion Solomon picks it off the ground goes for a run and guess what the Darabin defence doing what Weemstown did in that second quarter. Just that's, that's how many times in a row now? Maybe two, maybe three? Doing the old zoning as McNeese takes it. Carly McNeese now trying to put him towards the hot spot. And it worked out okay. Erin McLaughlin, the American. She is part of the USA Freedom Squad. Hoping to play for the USA at IC 2020 in August next year in Melbourne. Yeah, just snuck over a few hands there. So she was, um, I think she got a little bit of a shock that it landed in there. But as I said, just fantastic. And she's uh, yeah, lining up for goal. Erin McLaughlin comes in. Is a bit of a creep. 
on the left, stabs at it. Oh, Ooh. just on the line by Champo. Gets the hands there to see it through for a minor score. 4-7-31, Darabin, 1-5-11, Williamstown. Sullivan takes it hard back, decides to go for a run, gets away from her tag. But guess what? Again, the line holding up here for the Falcons. They go short, mining Wilson. Goes to play on quickly. On the right boot, it's a long kick. Mo Hope waits in the goal square. And when I say Mo Hope waits in the goal square, that's not in the forward goal square. We've seen it for many years. It's in the defensive goal square. She now tries to go for Wallace. Wallace is ridden into the ground. Free kick. This game is the one where she really is showing her versatility. She's been everywhere she's not normally. Yeah, and it's great leadership from someone to you know to take it up and, and do the hard things, and that is going into defence when your team needs you to be there. Just trying to go there, and almost in the back there is Yana. Trying to jump in there, Colvin. Can't get it out. And the umpire will call for a ball up. Yeah, it's hard, Yaka. Now we're seeing the shape around those stoppages and stuff of Darabin sitting in behind the ball, setting themselves up, driving from behind the footy. As hand pass came away, now the hurry kick by the Falcons. Whoop. Georgia Hammond nearly copped a whack across the skull. The umpire said it was fair play on, and the ball will go over the boundary line and out of bounds. Being seen over here by Erin Mead. So 20 points the difference. Darabin leading Williamstown here at Bill Laurie Oval. Right in front of our broadcast position, the umpire will be throwing the ball back into play. Here's a champong. A champong wins it. As trying to fight for it. Eastman couldn't get it out. A champong is caught with a footy. The umpire said going nowhere. Fighting in for it as well was Georgia Hammond. Throw the ball in the air for a champong and Pierce. Whoop, a champong falls over on her backside. Tap away. Eastman immediately caught. Falls on top of it with Malnickus holding on to her. The umpire says no prior opportunity. We'll call for the ball back. 45 metres out from Darabin's goal. They're attacking towards the grandstand end. Fairchild still going against Moho. Fairchild got away from Mo. Mo waited for it. And then she got on the left boot. Almost brought round to the kick. And then just came off the chest of the Wimstown player. Went over the boundary line and out of bounds. And she'll give the ball back to the boundary umpire. That was Williamson. We'll throw it in right on the paint. 50 metres out from Darabin's goal a Champong versus Lauren Pierce ordinary throw in Pierce take it straight out of the ruck immediately caught by a Champong with the ground there, could be Pete. gone oh, oh very, very unlucky uh, I would say that is a rotten decision because if you're a ruck and you take it straight out of the ruck and you're immediately caught that should be gone mm, it, it, that's an interesting one because yeah she she was tackled straight away so she wasn't yeah. Even any opportunity. Yeah. But and Rennie Hicks just thrown to the ground there without the footy getting the free kick. A little bit unlucky there, Williamstown. She only just got, but yeah, so opposition player thought she released, uh, had, thought she'd still had the footy, and had obviously released it earlier. So Rennie Hicks with the free kick. Hicks. 65 metres out from home. Now goes towards the hot spot. 35 metres out from goal. Oh, got out the back door. McLaughlin. Oh, that's a worm burner going forward. Mo Hope picks it up off the ground. Says thank you. Runs away. Puts it on the right boot. Trying to find her a target in Gemma Anderson. Went out the back. Just too many Darabin players. And they just seem to have miles in their legs. They're running and running and running. Fairchild gave it across to Samara David. Who hand passed it to a Williamstown player. Who immediately got cleaned up. Coming in is Carwood off a support. Will call for a ball up. 
That was looking very good there until that um, that wayward handball. Something to say, Nicole. It looks like maybe because it's a sense of victory in the air, Darabin are running this game out, and Williamstown are looking very weary. Yeah, it is. I mean, as I said, Darabin have got a good size about them, and it's always, you know, coming into particularly heavy ball, heavy ground. That last quarter, the fitness really comes in, and it's good to see that, um, you know, that the girls are running the game out. And as I said, it's, you know, Williamstown are trying the hardest. It's... It, it, Nice to see, you know, Mo absolutely just there for a footy team and right to the dying seconds. Hasn't dropped her head. And so, you know, we see some real changes in her game. Eastman spins around, now kicks it looking for Honeybun. Honeybun, oh, bumped off the player there in uh, Patton. Honeybun kept the ball in front of herself. Honeybun picks it up, then is caught by Mel Nickus. And that is gone. No! no. Oh! Again, Willie can do nothing right at the moment. Honey Barn absolutely grabbed that footy and tucked it in like she was going to lay it, Pete. Hashtag practical umpiring as it is now one out by Sally Seabrook who double tapped it forward. Now got towards the centre half back. Now going for a run there is Solomon. Solomon now kicks the ball towards the half forward. Now half back because it is intercepted there by Hibbert and goes for a run. Got to take the player on. I think that's gone. No, got the hand pass away and the Falcons now move towards the half forward flank position looking for Wilson. Was that her feet? Couldn't quite pick it up. Trying to go in there now and have a crack at it. Strafford gets caught by Lister and the umpire says ball up please half forward flank here for Darabin, they lead 31 to 11 Pierce wins the tap Mo Hope comes through, collects Honeybun Honeybun goes down Georgia Hammond through the legs there trying to get in there is Gemma Anderson and the umpire again will ask for the football back and will call for a ball up, Fairchild on the bottom of the pack on air tomorrow from 11am, WARFradio.com via our Facebook page for a video stream from 12pm. We're on air for radio at 11am for Melbourne Uni versus GWS Giants in the Invitational match. As coming in to lay the tackle there is Anderson. Live on air tomorrow, the commentary team consisting of the three Stooges, myself, Matthew Cox and Daniel Hill. As the ball is thrown up in the air, Pierce over the back of his head. Uh, back of her head, rather, pardon me. Going across there is McNeese to try and pick it up. And big duck That was a great on. tackle again. Yep, there and it is, holding finally. The <laughs> there might be a Bronx cheer from the crowd here as the free kick goes to Shani Dixon. Dixon with the free kick. Right up against the boundary line. Gets on the right boots. Goes in the direction of, oh, Lauren Pierce, one, two, bites the cherry. Couldn't quite pull it in. Hurry kick away there by Strafford. Went off the side of the boot. Calling for it is Whiting. Whiting on the right. Tries to hope it will bend back. It won't. Couple of bounces over the boundary line and out of bounds. Allowing the cavalry to arrive. Yeah, just nice push forward there by Williams. Probably a little bit too little too late, I'd say, Pete. We're down to the last few minutes, um, you know, in, in terms of that. So it's down in there, at least in their attacking 50. It'd be nice to see them get a little bit of reward for effort here. And coming into play here, Seabrook knocked it down. Edison lurking around, going in to lay the tackle on Lister. And the umpire will ask for the football back. Just frustrating for Williamstown. They would have came in today fancying their chances, particularly after Darabin's touch-up against Collingwood. And to only come away at the moment with the one goal, that is going to sting. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to mention, Pete, that I was the only one that backed Darabin in for this game. <laughs> and uh, it's come up beautifully. So, one, they have a win. And two, I've still got a few mates left. Yeah, so, yeah. Anderson comes through the pack, dribbles one forward. And on the last line of defence is the siren sounds... 
And that wraps things up here at Bill Laurie Oval in Northcote, where Darabin today, 4-7-31, have defeated the Williamstown Seagulls, 1-5-11. We don't even need to play the theme song, I think, and the cult can almost give us a rendition live on air. Yeah, well, that was a very long time ago last time I was around singing the Darabin song, and uh, the words have slightly changed. They have to be a little bit more politically correct these days than my days of cheering out the Darabin song. But, yeah, no, fantastic um, game for Darabin. You know, disappointing for Williamstown. They did come in here, I'm quite sure, with some confidence to win this game. But, you know, home home ground advantage. Uh, they train here, obviously, the Falcons, and, and really Really pleasing for them and we talked about the scenario of how hard it is to, to get this footy team um, up every week in terms of um, you know up against those AFL clubs so yeah I'm really pleased for them. Yeah, they managed to fight forward and just kept going and going and going. And uh, as we said, it's not big names that got them over the line today. And I wouldn't even say it came down to a handful of players. It was a good even spread and an even contribution. Yeah, I agree, Pete. You know, apart from Lauren Pierce, who was just dominant in the ruck, you know, worked forward, was along, you know, would be deep in defence. You know, she was a fantastic game and a fantastic play. But all the rest of names probably that we wouldn't know of. Um, so yeah, so. I'd, when you want to go through them, Pete. But yeah, well, let's just start going through some of them now. Yeah, as I said, for Darabin, I thought, as I said, Lauren Pierce was absolutely dominant. Um, uh, second, probably Georgia, um, Georgia Hammond. Just what a great player. And we're going to certainly see way more of her. If I'm correct, 100th game today? Yeah, yeah I, there was, so. I did see the signs around there. So, yeah, so fantastic. And, and probably, you know, really showed that she has some potential to go to the... To, go to the next level so she was everywhere great set of hands I thought Rennie Hicks I said through the midfield I mentioned earlier uh, I really liked uh, Lister uh, Annalise Lister and Gab Colvin down in defence their defence was really good um, Darabin and, and held out a really strong and attacking Williamstown in those in you know in those moments of the game particularly the first quarter and certainly that second half of the third which which made it really important you know around you know in saying that in Williamstown there's no doubt that Mo was was uh, my hope was um, you know best on ground for them and again like Lauren Pierce stood up as an AFLW player prepared to run through the midfield work hard deep down in defence we very rarely saw her up forward and that's what Mo has to do is to show everybody she knows that she can play footy to show everyone that she's got more than just being a forward so that was really pleasing to see from her I really like Jacinta Reid I thought she was fantastic through there and gave it all Nikki Wallace as a little small mid was um, was fantastic and I, I want to sort of mention we sort of uh, champong that bigger body ruckman to, to go up against an AFLW ruckman for pretty much 80% of a, a game and th- this game is longer than an AFLW game I thought she was fantastic you know got herself in defence and really you know put the pressure on so you know I thought they were you know were really good players for, for Williamstown and you know they got to go back now and just and work through there were some good signs but they just they once they got put under pressure they lost their shape they just got numbers around the footy and just started jumping on it and they didn't have a nice forward structure that gave them that nice release that Darabin had with that lace out pass. If I have a look at some of the players, because we're obviously looking at talent that could be picked up in the draft, and we're not necessarily talking about the big names that everyone's expecting in the under-18s, but those particularly, they're going to come in the latter stages of the drafts and start rounding out lists. We look at the Darabin Falcons. I look at players like Esther Honeybun. I look at Jenna Lawson-Tavern, who's been around for a little bit as well. And you as mentioned Annalise Lister. They're the types of players that, OK, they won't be 
what I call stars at AFLW players, but they just add some nice depth to a side's list. Yeah, and what you want to do at an AFL list, you're not going to get all that depth. You know, yeah. you're not going to have all those superstars, particularly with all the new teams coming in. So what you want to see, there's a, um, Georgia getting carried off around the game, which is fantastic. She had a ripper for it as well. Um, yeah, so what you want to see is those middle-tier players with real game knowledge, but you want them to know how to play and have the good basic skills, and they'll get plenty of the footy. You're saying that at AFLW lists. It's not the superstars that are winning the game for you. If you're middle-tier players, and even your, your, I guess your last five, if they're, if they're you know, good decision-makers, um, although it might be average in the pecking order, they're gonna, you're going to get a lot out of them, and you're going to get team success, which is most important. Also, if we have a look at uh, the Williamstown Seagulls, as you were just mentioning earlier with the names that you were dropping, like Nikki Wallace, I really like Jacinta Reed's game at halfback and how she read the ball there as well. And again, can be another vital cog in the wheel for someone that's looking to build up their defence. Yeah, and she, as I said, she was, she ran the whole time. You know, she spent a lot off that half, as you said, off that halfback line through the mids. And as I said, just, uh, you know, her and Mo, they really held it together. Um, and, and kept, you know, Will Williamstown in the game. Although low scoring um, from Williamstown, they had converted a couple of those ones that we were on those lines, then the game might have been very different. They didn't give away two of Darabin's goals from 50-metre penalties. It makes such a difference in the game, doesn't it, when you make fundamental mistakes like that? And as we are pointing out, there's no need to give away the 50. Yeah, sometimes it can be a bit accidental. Just get yourself back. In women's footy, you know, it's not going to be as dangerous as a 50-metre penalty is because they're not going to kick it 50 metres, so you're really giving them a freebie by going over that. So set yourself back and make sure you just don't, you know, you just don't do it. As we've seen, uh, as you talked about Mo Hope's game standing out, and of course the question marks will be if she will get another chance at AFLW level. She may be also getting to that age where, of course, we've, we've seen it technically now happen with Lauren Arnell, even though she's still playing at the Lions, but mm. Meg Hutchins who's stepped down and now playing at VFLW level. We've got to think about players... Like Mo, around that same age as well, that are going to be making the decision of, and obviously, hopefully, the money will soon be there more at state league level, of the playing coach's role to say, okay, I could either be in and out, in and out of a side at AFLW level, or I can step down to VFLW level and be that assistant playing coach, like Lauren Moorcroft was last year at Essendon, on the ground, running around, doing the coaching out there, and, and seeing out the last couple of years of the playing the game at that level before taking the eventual step to coaching from the box. Absolutely. You can see them directing traffic. We spoke yeah. about Alicia Newman and Mo Hope. Just fingers pointing, getting everyone set up at stoppages, getting everyone set up at at, um, at the kickouts and kick-ins. So that's really important leadership that you just not get... And people do admire them. They're going to listen to them. So it's really important they give that on-ground leadership. Don't know what you know what Mo's plans are if there's no an AFLW contract, but I think she's still got plenty to give at AFLW level, and she's just got to find the right fit for her and a plan that fits for her as well. Let's just throw a hypothetical out there for a moment. Let's say she doesn't get picked up at AFLW level for next year. Will she possibly become the first player, like we've seen in the men's game when the men retire from the AFL, that a community club somewhere is going to try and? go, oh, hang on, you haven't made it. Do you want to stay at state league level or do you want to take this sizable amount of money to come to community level to say, we've got this big name, come play for us and have sponsors interested in said club? 
Yeah, it'd be nice to think that we're at that level. You know, the old country, you know, yeah, the old metro yeah. VFL footballers sneaking out to the country. to the country to get yeah. the dollars. There's just not those dollars in community yeah. football in women. So, fortunately or unfortunately, that probably won't happen. But I think you know, I, I think Mo's still still got another couple of seasons in her at the top yeah. level. However, if she chooses to do that, or you know, is unlucky and doesn't get on a list, I think that she's got plenty to give as leadership at VFL level, but also as you say in that coaching role because. One, she's going to be a great defensive coach because she knows all the tricks yeah. um, that yeah, the forwards exactly. are going to play. And same as a forward coach. Yeah. But Mo really knows the game. I, I say this will show my age, but, you know, Mo was 12 when I was playing against her. Uh, and, yeah, so we you read Mo's book. You'll see a few expletives that I used to yell was this 12-year-old running around. And so she understands the game. She's been playing a really long time. And, you know, if she can get um, a good support role, she'll be vital to, you know, not only mentor on field and what's going on field, but, you know, obviously her life story uh, is, you know, pretty well known. So she knows she can support others. So depending on what Mo wants to do um, and, and how clubs, you know, embrace that opportunity for her, you know, the, the sky's the limits for whatever it may be. Just on air for three more minutes before we wrap up here on our VFL Women's Match of the Day. Just quickly looking ahead to uh, next week's matches and some uh, quick tips for that. Of course, we're looking at round eight action. Uh, this will be interesting. Carlton versus Geelong at Icon Park. You've got me twice, Pete. I can't. One, I'm a Carlton supporter. Two, I worked for them and obviously the connection. Listen, Carlton were, you know, they had a, a great win last week as well. So they're just sort of starting to sneak in. Again, you're seeing these clubs with just another couple of AFLW players just sneaking in. I think uh, Jess Hosking is having a week off um, from last week's. Uh, they have a bye this week, so she'll have a week off next next week. And they've been really important. I think I can finally tell the Hoskins twins apart. I think if you look at someone's got like a cheeky grin on their face. I think that's more Jess. Jess seems to be the joker. Yeah, she is the uh, she is the, uh, well I won't say the funnier one, but um, <laughs> yeah, she is the one with the much different, they're, they're very different girls actually, ironically they might look the same, but yeah, so you know, so I think, you know, Carlton there, Geelong really strong. It is an icon. I think it was down in Geelong I might sort of be a little bit uh, more worried about it, but yeah, at icon, Carlton play really well there, um, and as I said, it's a shame they couldn't keep the momentum of last week's win into, you know, coming with a buy this week and I think the week after that they're off to the territory to to take on the NT Thunder so yeah it's important that they get that second that second win as well uh, as we have a look at the uh, match between Weemstown and the NT Thunder tough for Weemstown to back up if anything that helps it's a downer oval and they'll probably be doing a rain dance and hoping it buckets down and just makes it as uncomfortable as possible for the Thunder players yeah that should, that'll be an interesting game. I, I wouldn't be too dejected if I was Williamstown today. If only a, cu- if a couple of things had gone their way, this could have been very different. But, yeah, it should be a bit of an interesting one next week. Yeah, unless, yeah, if they can actually move their arms and legs, the NT Thunder girls, after what have we been <laughs> almost in July winter of Melbourne there. So if they're not frozen to death, they should uh, should be right. And NT Thunder, not quite as dominant as they were last season. You know, a lot more, um, you know, VFL-type players in there rather than their AFL uh, AFL stars, which is really good. In, great for NT footy. That's what it's about. NT footy, that's their development team. That's their development and their pathway into AFLW for those girls. So it's really important that we see a heap of VFL um, players playing in that NT Thunder team. For the Darabin Falcons, they have to back up next Saturday and take on the Southern Saints. Ooh. Ooh. Both, yeah, speaking both of te- Darabin. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both teams coming off wins have full of confidence, so very interesting. I mean, look, 
interesting to see which way that one goes. Yeah, tough gig. Pete Searle certainly has those St yeah. Kilda girls structured up beautifully. Uh, and, yeah, a bit ironic, isn't it? So Pete Searle, who obviously, you know, supported Darabin uh, and coached Darabin through those years of that real dominance. Um, and now... Obviously, the girls are, are facing football teams that are structured up under Pete Searle against them. So, yeah, I, listen, I think St Kilda will probably be too strong in that game, Pete. Uh, at VU Witten Oval on Saturday, the Western Bulldogs, after that shellacking from Collingwood, they cop. Now they have to back up against the reigning Premier's Hawthorne. Oh, and Hawthorne coming off a, a tight loss as well. So they'll be trying to, uh, they'll be coming out with a point to prove. And then at Queen Elizabeth Oval on the Sunday, the Casey Demons versus Richmond. Oh, Oh, wow, that'll be a good game. Yeah, yeah Casey coming off a loss and, yeah, Richmond in a, a good a good run of form at the moment. A lot of these games, Pete, it really, it sometimes, touch wood, but it comes down to the availability of, uh, I guess, of their AFLW list and who's playing in particular weeks. So you can certainly see dominance at different weeks of those footy teams. You know, Western Bulldogs were sitting on top of the ladder. Now they've had two losses in a row. Um, so, you know, it's... It, it becomes really tricky, and it depends on availability when those players are. And most clubs would be balancing the workload of those AFL girls, so you'll see them play one or two games, and then they'll be out again. Some will play a month and then not play for another, you know, for another four weeks. So it can, it makes a massive difference um, to those footy teams when they're playing in, you know, when they've got those players in. And finally, Sunday, two thirty p.m. at Main Oval, Melbourne University, the Muggers versus the Bombers. Ooh. Yeah, listen, I, I think North will be... Oh, I should say... <laughs> Melbourne Uni. <laughs> Melbourne Uni. My bad. Um, yeah, I think Melbourne Uni uh, will be too strong. Uh, although uh, Essendon well improved, and it was they, they were really impressive, obviously. We were down there watching a play against Carlton a few weeks ago, and, yeah, they were they were fantastic run. Courtney Eugle, uh, one of my favourites. Yeah. Another Western Australian, leading that team really well. And they've got some really good players. Ellie Anderson's been really important for them through the midfield. And, again, a couple of those players with some real experience, whether it be at State League level over in the Waffle or here at the VFL. Show your Lee, Cecilia McIntosh. Happy Absol- 40th, Cecilia. Yes, happy birthday, C. And, and certainly, it's, it's so great to see, you know, Ords is, I'm a big fan of Shay Audley, and it's so great to see Ords playing after being delisted, playing, uh, you know, just backing herself and going out to, to the Bombers, and she's fantastic. She'll be lifting that group up. She's a great role model for young players, and, you know, just great to be around, really happy person, really brings a, you know, really positive vibe. So I think you're seeing that at Essendon with all those players in there. Time to wrap things up here on WRFradio.com and the VFL app. As always, Elise Collette, thank Thank you very much for your company. We look forward to seeing you maybe in one or two weeks' time, depending on how things work out with your footy schedule. Yes, thank you. I should be on air again next week, but let's see what happens. And Nicole Graves, thank you very much for your fine work and not freezing to death out here at Bell Laurie Oval. Yeah, hopefully, Pete, it all went well and you'll see me in a couple of weeks' time. I've got to head north to defrost for a couple of weeks, <laughs> but I'd love to come back and, uh, yeah, and, and just make some stories up, really. Enjoy working on the tan. I will. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company. Again, the final scores here, Darabin 4-7-31, defeating Williamstown 1-5-11. We'll catch you again tomorrow from 11am for Melbourne University versus the GWS Giants. The VFL Women's Match of the Day is a volunteer production by Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for RSN 927's digital channel, Carnival 2. 
The Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy. And over 95 points, and they should have won by about 135. After each round, all the good stuff about the game around Victoria. It's a bit of a dog at win in the end because we're a pretty young group, and everyone probably would have expected the Premiers to run over the top of us, but that one's the case. RSN 927's Country Footy Show with Paul Daffy and Andrew Hughes. There's a fresh podcast up every Monday at rsn.net.au. That's the way football is. Or catch the first release early Monday mornings on RSN 927. Analog, digital and streaming.